pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome in. Justin Kenner with you here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. Brandon, where's Schlemmer? He's late. He's late. He starts at 3. Where the hell is, is he? It's not like him. Give him a call. I'll do that, man. Give him a call right now. If he keeps this up, if he's late one more time, that's it. He's done. He's Tell done. him if he's not here in two minutes, he is no longer allowed on the radio. Period. You let him go? I think... <laughs> You know what? That's right. He didn't break up with us. We broke up with him. That's, That's the story we're sticking yeah. <laughs> Now, we welcome you in and uh, just want to give a shout-out to, to Mark Schlemmer. Yesterday, his final show here, we had the final Kinner and Schlemmer show. And uh, it went by quick. I know I just spoke with him uh, before the show, uh, just catching up with him for a little bit to see how he was doing. And he just, uh, he beyond appreciates everyone that took time to call in yesterday. And we do feel bad for those who weren't able to call in. I mean, that was nuts. You were working the phone yesterday. It, uh, it was nonstop. It was you just so I tried to work. You're I'm, just bad because you had to work. That's listen, uh, I'm, not, I'm not worried about that. Those times I tried to call somebody and I picked up the phone. Was, somebody's like, hello? It's like, man, every time I tried. just dropped. Yeah. <laughs> that people kept calling back, though. They were persisting yesterday. I like that. All right. Well, good stuff again. Welcome in. Justin Kenner with you here on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station, 1410 Wing AM. And, of course, we're streaming live at wingam.com. Um, a lot to cover here in the next three hours. I'll uh, talk a little high school athletics. Yes, that's right. I mean, did you see the big game? the other day. Well, no, because there's no games going on. Uh, but we're going to talk about something that irritated me from earlier today. The OHS will be as prepared. Put them at a disadvantage because, like you said, they're not going to be prepared. Had three weeks off, and they're, I know they're following the situation as well. So, mm-hmm. and is it just throwing back in that situation, I don't know how that's going to really benefit the players. I only see it as a disadvantage. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. And uh, and four five seven nine four six four. By the way, that's the number to call into the show. You can also tweet the show at fourteen ten Kenner K I N N E R. So Jerry Snodgrass, executive director of the OHSA, calls a pointless press conference today, and just to tell everyone that. All right, remember that uh, you know suspension of the uh, you know winter tournaments and the spring sports. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna continue with that. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Like, that was a waste of time, a waste of everyone's time. And here's the deal. You have colleges who can't, I mean, the NC, if the, put it this way. We are all being impacted by this financially, yeah, mentally. You know, it's taken a physical toll on us. There's those who are actually sick with the coronavirus. I mean, there are so many different ways that the coronavirus reaction has, has totally decimated us as human beings. We are all aware of that. I'm going through it. I know you in the car or you at home or in the garage or in the kitchen listening to the show right now. I know you're going through it. I know Brandon's going through it. Uh, I, we're all going through it. This isn't normal. Like, we've never experienced something like this. I know I haven't. Like, I've never felt like this when I wake up in the morning. We're all impacted by it, okay? The NCAA, they, if they can cancel the NCAA tournament, like, I could see the NCAA tournament indefinitely suspending the tournament for a month, two months, which I would still find funny, but it wouldn't surprise me if the NCAA did that. So the fact that the OHSAA and Jerry Snodgrass, is con- they're continuing to be stubborn, it's beyond me. Just pull the plug, guys. Like, this whole thing sucks. I get it. There is not Even if they get to play again, 
it's not going to feel the same. It's not the same experience as what their you know previous teams in previous years have got to experience at the state tournament. Stop trying to force it. Stop trying to act like the kids are the best. At, you know that you're thinking of their best interest right now because you're not. This is a bottom dollar thing, in my opinion. If I had to guess, okay, because I don't know how all the operations work, so maybe I'm out of line here, but I'll take the criticism if need be. I. This is for money only. They are trying to save as much dollars as possible, which I get there's always a business side to something. But this makes zero sense to continue to prolong this. You are you don't act like the kids are, you know, that's what you're making this decision for them. We want to make sure we give them the opportunity. No, you don't. You want to make sure that you get that chocolate milk sponsored money. You want to you want to get that, you know, sponsor from the what, the highway patrol money. You you that's all the OHSA wants. They're not trying to prolong this because they care about the kids, and I'm sure they do care about the kids. That's unfair of me to say, but that's not what this decision is being made out of. The NCAA, as much as we accuse them of not caring about the student-athletes, they at least had the right—they made the right decision. They made the toughest decision. This area hates Mark Emmert and the NCAA right now for canceling the NCAA tournament because it impacted the Dayton Flyers. Like, if the NCAA, the most money-hungry, selfish people you will ever meet in your life, can cancel the NCAA tournament and, can't, and lose billions of dollars, if they could do it, the OHSAA can do it as well. 457-9464. Folks, parents, I actually want to hear from parents because I don't have kids. And I'm trying to think, like, so where I'm coming from is from a... You know, whenever I played high school athletics, I'm trying to think how I would feel in this situation. Like, Brandon, if, like, Trotwood was in the regional mm-hmm. semis or regional what? I think they were regional, in the regional semis. Yeah, mm-hmm. regional semis. Okay. Because they, they were supposed to play Thurgood. They never yep, played Thurgood, right? Supposed to happen. They were supposed to play Thurgood last Thursday. Yep. Okay. So they never played. So Thurgood and, and uh, Trotwood are still in the Centerville's in it, too, I still mm-hmm. believe. Yep, we'll talk about the, yeah. Yep. So the boys' regional that you're at this point. Not even talking about state tournament. Right. We're just talking about regionals. The girls are in state. As a player, I would be devastated if my tournament came to an end without us losing, but I also understand why it's ha- mm-hmm. I would understand why it's happening. But I would not like to be jerked around. I would not like to be told a week and a half ago that there's still a chance you could play, you still need to practice, which a lot of these kids are going to continue to ball, they're going to continue yeah. to go, you know, and work out, but they can't practice with their teammates. You're not running the plays, you're not executing as a team. It's so you have that. So now you're telling them that okay, maybe in the next 3 weeks we could pr- uh, p- possibly resume. But we all know that ain't going to happen. Yeah. So then you come out today, and I thought it was going to be canceled. Me too. I, I think, I mean, to be honest, I don't think Mike Hartsock and Dave Jablonski and all the local media guys would have had to Columbus just to be told that, hey, we're going to just go continue status, you know, as status quo. It was a waste of time. And the, you're, all you're doing is just dragging these student-athletes along. And you're teasing them, and you're making them feel like, I think you just, I hate to use the word, put them out of your misery. But you just need to, no one can move on if the word indefinite suspension is there, because you're always wondering, is it going to happen? It's always looming, hanging over your head. And from an athlete's perspective, I wonder how they would feel as far as the momentum, because they were playing, you know, those games every so many days. They were... you know, just going, used to playing, and they had that momentum carrying that into games. Now you can't do that. And like you just said, you're going back and forth. You're like, okay, maybe we'll be able to play after this time period, but we probably won't. I wonder from the student-athlete's perspective, would they even want to play the tournament at this point? I know they had that initial moment where they are sad mm-hmm. and probably upset that they couldn't play, but now, do you still that's really want to play? That's a good point, too. And, for, and that's why uh, I, when I said I was coming at you from... 
you know, I don't have kids, so mm -hmm. I can't come at you from a parent's perspective, but I'm curious about what the parents think. So if you are a parent of one of these athletes, if you were a parent of one of these athletes in this situation, or if you are a parent of one of these athletes in this situation, uh, the boys who are still in the boys' regional, mainly talk about with the winter tournaments. I'm talking basketball, but we're talking yeah. wrestling and some of the others as well. I'm curious, like, how would, what are your, th you know, how are you handling this? What's your mindset? What are you telling your son or daughter in this situation? Do you even want to see it happen at this point? I don't know. Like, I feel like, yes, of course, I would love to see my daughter or son participate, you know, compete in the state tournament. But at the same time, this isn't the state tournament anymore. This, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you're you're fighting for something that's not what it really is. Like, right. it's labeled the state tournament. But, folks, it's an empty St. John's, an empty shot. It's it, it's being forced it doesn't feel genuine. It, it's not the typical journey, you know, journey to the tourney that you're normally a part of. Uh, it's, for me, I just I think that the OHSAA just needs to put an end to this. I do not feel like they're putting the students first. I think they're putting their pockets, their pocketbooks first, and I think they just need to pull the plug on it. I really do. Yeah, really and do. for the seniors who are preparing for college and looking forward to the next chapter of their life, they have this, like I said, looming over their head. They're going back and forth. Will we be able to play? Will we not? I think they should just go ahead and cancel it at this point. If the NCAA did it, the the like you said, the most money hungry billionaire in company in the industry that we know cancel the yeah. entire tournament. I think OHSAA will only be right to do the same. All right. Again, you're listening uh, to ESPN 1410 Wing AM. Justin Kinner with you here. Brandon Williams working the phones. Give Brandon a call, 457-9464. That's the number to call in and join in on the conversation. You can also let your opinions uh, be a part of the show by tweeting them into the show, at 1410 Kinner. That's at 1410 Kinner, K-I-N-N-E-R. But, yes, uh, for those of you that missed it earlier, you missed nothing. Uh, Jerry Snodgrass and the OHSA hold a press conference. Um, and I know with uh, talking with some of the media guys in town, I didn't talk to Dave Jablonski, but I saw on Twitter that he was in Columbus. I know that Mike Hartsock told us yesterday he was heading there for this thing. They drove all the way to Columbus just to be told nothing. Jerry Snodgrass calls this huge press conference just to say that we're going to continue as is. I, I don't agree with it at all. I think it's kind of selfish. I do. I respect the job they do. Don't get me wrong. But I think this is a selfish move. This is all done for the, so, for the chocolate milk sponsorship. It's done for the Highway Patrol sponsorship. It's done for money. Business comes first. I get it. But don't pretend that the kids are being considered in this because they're not. You're making it worse for them. Uh, I think last, yeah, it was last week. Uh, I think it was last Friday, actually. Uh, Carol, girls, they're in the state tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember one of the coaches of one of the athletics teams there had called in just to share with the, the story with us about how devastating it was for them. They're warming up. You know, the Carroll girls basketball team, they're warming up on the floor, state semifinals, they're ready to go. They bring all their, you know, a good class back from last year. They got there last year and lost. They're expected to do it again, you know, you know, to compete for it again this year. 15 minutes, 49 seconds left on the clock, warming up. They are taped up. They got their shoes on. Everything ready to go. Adrenaline pumping. Adrenaline pumping. You know, they, they are about, I mean, they, they're looking up. I mean, think back when you played basketball. You're warming up. Every once in a while, you look up. You know, you're kind of high-fiving everyone, hopefully just bumping elbows around this part. <laughs> you know, you're elbowing people and stuff. So my thinking is, is that, you know, imagine warming up. And you're looking up. You look up at the scoreboard, and you see 1549, and then your coaches and principal are telling you to sprint back to the locker room. To sprint back to the locker room. That's just, that's crazy to me. That's crazy. So you canceled it for them. And now, after you devastated them, those girls went through hell, all right, you devastated them there. Now you're telling them, but there's still a shot. So get excited for the next three weeks so that we can pull it from you again. Pull it from them now. 
pull it from him now. All right, four five seven nine four six four coming up on the show today. Uh, we didn't get to any of this yesterday for obvious reasons, uh, but the the Bengals. Uh, it's not very often where I get a chance to praise them. I don't. I do not get to praise the Bengals too often. Uh, but I'm going to have to give the Bengals some props. Now I there. I have a few concerns for how they're targeting things, but I have to say I'm very impressed with what the Cincinnati Bengals mindset is at this point of free agency. The Cleveland Browns have been beyond aggressive. Uh, when you look at the names that they've added in free agency, uh, it, yeah. I mean, right now we're going to compare grades. If you had to give a grade to the Browns and a grade to the Bengals so far through free agency, what would that grade be? We'll pick up with that when we come back. Crazy the last couple weeks. I don't even know what day it is anymore. Like it literally during the to get together and watch the game, okay. hang out for a bit. But yeah, today should have been the you know technically the, the the first round of the NCAA tournament. The first four should have started two nights ago. Um, but damn, like we should be already talking about what upsets are going on. Like man, every t- every year at this time, it's just that's when the office is just a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know, bubbly people are in better moods, good Even moods. People who don't follow basketball normally, when the tournament comes on, they want to make brackets. Yeah, which is annoying because the people in the building, yeah. I don't want to talk to them. They don't want to talk to me and ask me, well, what do you think about this team? <laughs> Sometimes I screw around and I tell people the wrong team. Oh, yeah. The people that don't know, and mm-hmm. again, not that I know what I'm talking about because it's not like I do well with my brackets anyways. <laughs> but I'll purposely tell them, you know, the wrong team. The people in the building that don't know what they're doing, they'd come up and ask me. And I would purposely, I mean, like seriously, the people that knew what I was doing would just be dying laughing in the corner. But I would always tell them. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, pick you know oh, the sixteen. Oh no no no, the the better teams are always sixteen. Uh-huh. Like they rank like you know the the more you know it's the more it's all the points they got throughout the year. They averaged out you know so sixteen. Oh wow oh wow so they're you know putting sixteen. Uh-huh. Oh it's hilarious. <laughs> Remember once in a while. I'll accidentally pick an upset, and then that person looks like the genius in the building, because then they'll go around and be like, you know, oh, I called won. it. I, I called that uh, this team was going to go down. You know, I called it. I called that the kangaroos were going to do this. It was like, come on now. Oh, well. All right. Um, Justin Kinner with you here on 1410 Wing AM, talking, of course, about the OHSAA press conference from earlier this afternoon. Uh, Executive Director Jerry Stod- Snodgrass announced that the OHSA is still not ready to cancel winter sports or spring sports season. The winter sports being the winter tournaments, uh, but not ready to cancel the spring sports. And I guess the parents uh, and even coaches out there who have kids that are participating in spring sports or coach spring sports, is it even worth it to start up again? When's school end, anyways? So where are we at? We're heading in school at the uh, beginning of June. I mean, if you're oh, a senior, so you're done in May. There's a lot of time left. done in May, yeah. So that's March, April, May. Yeah. When does the season usually end? I can never remember when baseball, when state baseball even is. And I'm using baseball. I know there's other spring sports. but I, just, I don't know when it is. But regardless, at this point, I, in my head, I'm like, well, you know, is it even worth starting up again? You know, my girlfriend, uh, her dad, he's coached at St. Henry for, I mean, decades. Uh, I haven't talked to him about it. I'm curious if he, you know, what his thoughts even are on starting the season, you know, back up at this point. But I think, look, 
I'm not against the spring sports starting back up, uh, but the winter tournaments, just give me a break. Just cancel it. Stop it. Enough of this mess. I mean, the fact it was a waste of everyone's time. I can't believe I stopped what I'm doing today to watch that press conference. It was an absolute waste of time. Um, and I feel like there's egos involved, big egos up at the top. I mean, sit, I mean, doubling down. I mean, when he when when Jerry Stonegrass had to say, and look, you know, Governor DeWine, his decision is is, is going to impact what we do, but he's not deciding things. I am like, what what? What are you talking about? If Governor DeWine decides that school is going to be out longer than three weeks, which he, by the way, said yesterday that that's, yeah. I mean, there's, he's very doubtful that schools will resume here in three weeks. Why even come out with that press conference today? Your ass ain't playing in two weeks. <laughs> You're not. It's like, it's like a control thing. I don't get this. It's a waste of time. Like, the NCAA can cancel it. I guarantee you the OHSAA uh, can do it as well. Then, I don't know who the reporter was, was the dumbest question I've ever heard asked in the history of, of the world. Um, Mr. Snodgrass, so there's been talks in college about giving an extra year of eligibility to the seniors who couldn't participate in the NCAA tournament. That question was asked at the OHSA press conference today. Like, what parent is going to hold their kid back? And if you are that parent, then I think you need an extra year of school. Uh, if What kind of parent would let their kid have an extra year of high school so they could participate in basketball? Like that's and the, just the tournament. Is the, that's the, really the big part. It's so embarrassingly dumb. I was like, I was uncomfortable. Um, that's why I don't ask questions during press uh-huh. conferences because I'm always like, oh man, if I haven't heard a dumb question, that means one's due and it could be mine. So I just, I don't, I just don't say a word half the time. But that was dumb. I can't believe that guy. Oh, I mean, he he thought it was good too. He was ready. He was ready to sit up in his chair and ask it. Oh, in college they're talking about giving an extra year of eligibility to the seniors that got robbed of the chance to play in the tournament. Are you are you guys thinking about doing the same thing for high schoolers? That's so dumb. I just don't get what what people are thinking. Like, why would that even be considered? Why would you even think sitting there ready to ask that question? Like, if you really think it out, there's just no way. That's the ugh, ugh. That's I don't I even think those kids would want to do that. No. What kind of kid? Oh, I mean, I'm not coming back to high school for a whole year just to play in the tournament. Hell no. 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 And a lot of kids are purposely. I mean, look, parents do weird things. Parents do weird things with their kids where they purposely hold them back in kindergarten or they'll notice, like, you know, some other families that uh, usually have a history of spitting out some athletic kids. You know, mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh, man, if we just, you know, maybe if we uh, just keep bumping our kids' elbow when they're coloring and showing that they can't stay in the lines, maybe we could justify <laughs> keeping them back one more year, uh, and then they could play uh, with the neighbor kids coming up that are going to be really good. Like, parents do weird stuff, yeah, so it's not like it's that crazy, I guess, but, I mean, as a senior, you can't really get away with it. No senior high school kid is going to say, yeah, I want another year of high school just so I can play basketball. And I love, too, and by the way, you know this, we mm-hmm. both went to college. High school tries to scare the hell out of you about college yeah. and tell you how hard it's going to be. I'm telling you right now, college, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's not... It's, it's not, not what they ate the three. Yeah. It's not, yeah. I, I still remember back in high school, oh, if you think, I mean, I'm going to remind you one more time, but if you think that they're going to do that in college, they do it all the time in college. Yep. Get Eat emails. Just it. remember, check your syllabus. Just remember, here's what you got to do this week. I mean, give you a break. Anyways, I'm going way <laughs> off here. Ron, Ron and Tip, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, what's up, Justin, man? Um, congratulations on your kind of your new show, but it's kind of sad because... You need to say congratulations on keeping your job, although with the world news you never know, man. I'm terrified right now. <laughs> well, you never know what yeah. can happen. I mean, with that nine-year college education at Wright State you got, that that's going to help. Well, me, I definitely right? need the job to pay it off if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and you said, oh, I don't know what day it is. B.S. because you know it's Milano's day and you don't ever miss a Thursday. 
Well, that's a good point, too, but the thing point, is, uh, yeah. I forgot that. In age. fact, it's uh, 4 o'clock. Brandon, you, you have the job of going to scope the office to make sure no one else did. <laughs> but what's up, Ron? What do you got, man? No, I was going to say, I feel so, I mean, I feel sad for the seniors. Oh, absolutely, I mean, yeah. Because, I mean, say the kid's got a college looking at him. Last year he played good, but they're thinking, oh, man, I want to see what he's like at top and this year. He, he excelled, man. That extra year. You got a couple schools now. How's that going to work with scholarships? I mean, they, they're not going to go off a junior year. I mean, I, they I can. think they'll be okay. I mean, look, there's a lot of kids, and especially at Trotwood. Um, I mean, I don't know. Do you know anything about Carl Blanton? Yeah. What? Who's looking at him? Is he a football kid? I know that Sammy Anderson. Uh, Sammy, Sammy uh, he's going to UC for he's football. He's going to UC for football. Yep. Uh, but 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 Ryan, my point is, is that there's a lot of guys that I mean, yes, there's a lot of colleges that look at these kids throughout. But I mean, I don't. Th- it would be a small sample size of kids that would be impacted by missing tournament games. To be honest with you. Yeah, but and also I just wanted to say, uh, you know, um, with the Bucks with their new QB, um, you know. Super Bowl's in Tampa this year. No team has ever hosted and played in a Super Bowl. It's possible. It is, and look, you know, and no, I haven't got into the, the NFL stuff yet. I will here in a bit, uh, but I know you're pumped, and you should be, by the way. I mean, I guess I heard today, like, the Bucks were not prepared for all of the, I mean, look, just with all the coronavirus stuff and everything going on, like, they weren't prepared for the influx of season ticket calls and, like, everyone just going crazy, apparel and everything. I mean, Bucks fever has taken over. Uh, so it's kind of interesting how that's working. And, like, you know, I, I stayed home today, you know, and uh, but they said a lot of players are giving the Bucks like, saying, hey, we want to come down there, free agents. So, I mean, the LeBron effect. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wonder how. I wonder. I mean, Tom Brady has probably always had that that uh, allure to him, where players want to come play with them. But I think the Patriots, because they had the Patriot way. I wonder how many great receivers Tom Brady has been robbed of playing with. And by the way, I don't feel bad for a guy with six Super Bowl rings and has had a two you know two decade long dynasty. Um, but I wonder how many great players have been robbed of you know playing with Tom Brady because they didn't fit the Patriot way model. So we'll see. Yeah, and speaking of Patriot way, I I've seen on the. Some sports note that Josh Gordon's trying to get reinstated. And he should be. He should be. I think it's very hypocritical of the league. Uh, that rule change all of a sudden. I mean, you know how many players are going to be doing exactly what Josh Gordon has been doing over the last couple of years? And they won't be vilified now because of a rule change. Um, and I didn't mean to just jump your case like that, Ron. But, like, I kind of agree. If he tries to get back in the league, I think it would be very hypocritical of the league after now no longer testing for marijuana, I would find them very hypocritical if they did not let him back into the league, to be honest with you. But could that kind of actually work as like, hey, I got a speeding ticket when the state route was 55, now it's 65, and, you know, I mean... You're well, Ron, if you could name me a player that's kept out of the league for speeding, I would love to know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway... Um, no, 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 but you know what I mean? Like, I know what you're saying. And to be fair, I could spin it on Josh Gordon and say... Look, we're not keeping you out of the league because you smoked weed, but it's because one of our rules you continue to violate over and over and over. And although it may not be a rule anymore, we're still going off of your character, and your character showed that you just didn't care about the rules and you did whatever you wanted. So to be fair to your take, Ron, yes, I could see how I mean that can come into play too, where they just say, hey, it's not just about the weed anymore. It's about your continuous, you know, you continue to ignore our rules and do whatever you wanted, and that's where we're at now. So that yeah. could be that can come into play as well. I'm going to hit on two quick things. Does that mean uh, Antonio Brown's got the door open again? No, because Antonio Brown has a lot more issues than 
than the weed, man. Like, yeah, and I, I just saw something that said um, Bruce Arians is likely uh, is not likely to pursue him because of his time coaching him at the Steelers. So I, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, and the uh, Bucks did sign a receiver. I do believe he's from Green Bay. His name's Bryant Mitchell. Yep. So they're going out and getting players. I mean, they're they're going to set him up to win. And uh, my prophecy here for your uh, no Browns. Uh huh. By by week six, Casey Keenum be your starter. So. Well, you project you're projecting an injury then. No, I'm projecting that he knows the system and Stefanski's going to give. I'll Adriel. take Baker on his worst day over Keenum on his best. And are you already your stomach already full? <laughs> no. I mean. That that's I mean, quite the take. I get it, but I'll take Baker on his worst day over Keenum on his best. Man, I look Keenum. Good, he's a great backup quarterback, but that's what he is. He's a backup quarterback. Hey, he went thirteen and three one year. That's so, fine. I mean, there's a lot of average quarterbacks that have benefited from the system. It's not like Case Keenum was lighting it up and was an MVP candidate. All right. Well, hey, man, I enjoyed the show. I mean, there was no way in hell I could even get on yesterday. I mean, it was yeah. It was uh, we were. Our screen was blinking yesterday. It was just doing some weird stuff. But, yeah, people were trying desperately to get in, and uh, it was a good show. It was a fun show, and I'm glad we could send Schlemmer out that way. Yeah, I mean, me and Mark know each other. We're going to keep in touch, but uh, I want you to just uh, keep the show going, man, because you No, I want to do a bad job. I, in fact, the, the more bored you guys are, the better. In fact, that's that's my goal is to do the worst job possible, Ron. No, thank you, Ron. I appreciate it, man. I mean, I, I I just love coming home on the radio. Listen, I mean, it just gives me, it's a routine now. You know what I mean? Yeah, and look, the but, goal uh, with and there's going to be some overlap of Corona reaction with the sports. But my goal is to try to stay away from as much of that as possible. I mean, the OHSA topic was more about how it should be handled versus the Corona reaction. So there's going to be some overlap, and I think you can't get away from that. But uh, my goal is to all you're hearing about all day is the coronavirus stuff, and my goal is for three hours that we can kind of step out of that for a little bit. So we'll and we'll do I our best. would bet. I would bet that all your mobile shows will be done for a while. Yeah, absolutely. But hey, Ron, we got to get moving, man. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, good to talk to you, and good luck with your future, man. Adios. Take care. All right. All right. Go Browns. <laughs> Give that to him one more time, real quick. But yeah, we'll get into that Tom Brady stuff coming up in a moment. That I don't know what to, to think. I mean, Tom Brady. The the brand of Tom Brady is what has led to the excitement right now. I don't. I mean, are you getting the Michael Jordan wizard, the wizards Michael Jordan, or are you getting the bulls Michael Jordan? Are you, you know, we might be asking that, you know, years from now. Tom Brady might be used as an example years from now when we say, well, are you getting the Patriots Tom Brady or the Bucks Tom Brady? You know, the Colts Peyton Manning or the, well, I guess the Broncos Peyton Manning was too, too bad. He still got a Super Bowl, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it is what it is. All right, uh, here's the deal. We meant to, I meant to get into this Bengals stuff. We'll do this on the other side of the break, but we opened up with the OHSA conversation. Got a little NFL talk in there. Ron called in. Um, but with the OHSA, I want to hear from the parents. If you were a parent of one of the you know, winter athletes right now who are still alive in the postseason, and you hear that the OHSA has said, hey, there's still a shot for your kid to participate in the postseason, I mean, does, does that bring out any kind of negative feeling to you at all? Or are you just glad that there's still a chance that your kid could participate? But at the same time, also being realistic to the scenario of we know school is not going to resume here in, in two weeks. We just know it. So why continue to dangle the hopes in front of these kids? I just I, I find that frustrating. So we'll get into that. We'll continue to take your calls. I'm getting tweets on that as well that we'll read those reactions coming up around the corner. Uh, plus, I'm going to tell you why I'm finally going to praise the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm very impressed with what the Bengals have done. Um, I've always been labeled as a Bengals hater. 
and uh, I'm not. I just like to poke fun at the fact that I think that they make a lot of boneheaded decisions sometimes. Uh, but they've been very aggressive in free agency, and I definitely have to point out when they're doing some good things. So we'll make sure uh, to touch on that, plus the Browns. Plus, uh, now that the college basketball season is over, and we know that, well, don't technically know yet, Toby Toppin has yet to officially announce that he's going to the NBA, but we kind of all know uh, – Interesting mock drafts out there and which teams could where, where could Obi Toppin end up? We'll talk about which teams would be the best fit for him. We'll get to that coming up later in the show as well. Um, but we got all that coming up around the corner. Plus Ohio State football. We haven't even been able to touch on the week that they have had. I mean, look, right now with all the recruiting restrictions, no face-to-face meetings, uh, everything that's going on in college right now, you would think that right now is a very difficult time to recruit. You think that it would put teams like Ohio State, Alabama, and others at a disadvantage. Tell that to Ohio State, because Ohio State, they're not messing around. We'll get to that when we come back, too. Get ready for spring and start your next project today with big savings now at Menards. Replacing your windows has never been easier. Menards has 140 size and style window combinations in stock. We have all the windows you need to complete your project. Welcome back. Justin Kinner with you here. 457-9464. Twitter is at 1410. Kinner, Of course, we'll take your Twitter reaction throughout the show as well. But look, with a lot of you working from home, take advantage of the different ways you can tune into the show. Of course, you can stream us live anywhere at wingam.com. If you have an Alexa device, take advantage of that. All you have to do is say, hey, Alexa, launch ESPN Dayton. And of course, it'll bring you right to the show. How cool is that? So take advantage of so much going on. There's so much negativity in the world. There's so much uncertainty. Um, And usually when that stuff's going on, what we always have to fall back on is sports. Um, And there's no live sports right now. There's no March Madness. Opening day is not going to happen on time. Uh, You know, may not have baseball till July. We may not have NBA till June or July. We may not have NBA for the rest of the year. Hockey, who knows when that'll be back. I mean, right now we're talking about the NFL, and that's great. That's fun. That's exciting. But, I mean... We're going to get through the draft in April, which is still scheduled to happen on time. But I'd be very surprised if the NFL kicks off on time. I'm odd to be honest with the way things are going right now, and I'm hoping I'm dead wrong. If there's ever a time where, you know, I'm hoping to be wrong, it's this one. I'm hoping that this doesn't prolong the start to college football because then that stuff gets real, right? Like, I think that this, I think that this country really handled March Madness being taken away as good as you possibly could have taken it considering the circumstances, I don't think that the country will be as patient. You took a month of basketball away from people. All right, You took a month away. All right, The month of, of March has been taken away from college basketball fans. Now, that's one thing. But we're talking the end of August, September, October, November, December. Yeah, now we're talking four months. I'm, I'm praying football ain't going to be impacted by that stuff, man. I hope not because <clears throat> March Madness, that's my first, like, that's my favorite, like, period of the year like that those how many weeks is March Madness like four four or five and then you that's, know that's my favorite four to five week span of the year but in terms of my teams like Ohio State football I'm a diehard fan so if I miss the beginning of the football season then it's it is, I'm not going to take it as easy it's going to be hard so yeah I mean I say that bringing this up because right now there's so much uncertainty and so much weird stuff going on in the world 
that it's very difficult for all of us to get our jobs done from a, on a day-to-day basis. You know, I don't know how many different, you know, jobs you all have out there, but everyone has been impacted by this in some way or another. Uh, I do believe at some point I will be doing the show from my kitchen with my beagle in my lap, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be as real as it gets right there. I feel like that's going to be happening here soon, right? Like, and I, I say that with no knowledge of anything other than just my gut saying, hey, it just feels like, you know, I'm watching, you know, Bobby Carpenter and all everyone in Columbus and some friends of mine doing radio in Cleveland that they're all doing it from home. And I just feel like that's where it's going. So what I mean is that all of our jobs are impacted by this one way or another. And you would have to think that if you were recruiting, if you were a college program, whether it be basketball, football, baseball, whatever, Football must be very difficult right now to be able to recruit it. Like, I don't think that these athletes, as you know, as much as they're looking forward to making their college decisions, I don't think that college is something that is on the minds of families right now. They're worried about what tomorrow is going to bring. And uh, that's a very realistic thing that these coaches are having to face when they go out on the recruiting trail, which technically they're not going out anywhere because all recruiting has been technically shut down from a face-to-face standpoint. You're doing it a lot over the phone, FaceTime, Skype, whatever the, you know, the platform is that you're using. But... A article came out last week talking about the Ohio State Buckeyes, and they had the highest-paid assistant coaching staff in college football. Mm-hmm. Now, I have no problem with that. I've, I, I'm, in fact, to be honest, if you look at successful programs, <clears throat> it's easy to point at the head coach and say that's why. But Nick Saban has been Nick Saban throughout his entire career, not because of being Nick Saban. It's because of the guys around him. Look at all the successful coordinators that have left gone elsewhere and had success. Urban Meyer had to deal with that left and right. Ryan Day is having to experience that, except he's having better guys come in than leave. I mean, it's unbelievable when you look at the job that, that Ryan Day's had to do. And it's again, it's only one year. But you're only as good as your assistant coaching staff, which is why I really like, you know, what Ryan Day has been able to do here. You have the highest paid assistant coaching staff in football. So with that comes high expectations. You better, I mean, if we're paying you the most of any other coaching staff in football, you better be doing more than everyone else. I cannot tell you how impressed I am with what the job that Ryan Day's staff has done this this week or this week this this throughout this stretch. Look at the names. Look at what they've been able to do. Kerry Combs, by the way, I mean, came back. He deserves every dollar. I mean, he came out swinging. Uh, I mean, you look. I mean, the, the four-star defensive back in, in Turrentine. I can't ever pronounce his name. Is it Turrentine? Turrentine. Yep. Turrentine. Either way, a 2021 four-star de- uh, defensive back. You have another uh, 2021 four-star cornerback from St. Louis, uh, and Jacqueline Johnson again, a 24/7 Sports composite ranking, the fourth-ranked cornerback. How about that? I mean, then you look uh, again, top-ranked cornerback uh, in Devontae Smith out of La- La- LaSalle okay. High School, 2021 as well, and then you know, give Tony. Offered a lot of credit too, uh, Evan Pryor, running back, four star. I mean, that's for twenty one. And we've been talking about the Buckeyes struggling at the running back. You know, being able to recruit the running back position, and then Alfred comes out and, and knocks that out of the park. So, the Buckeyes had a huge week. Was the last week and a half? I mean, yep. it's and I'm sure I've missed some. I'm sure. Did I miss any? I think that in the last the, week, those the are last, the four. That, yep. That's the four. But they're all big. Um, and I, I bring that up because those are all huge names. 2021 right now is being set up to maybe be the Buckeyes' best recruiting class ever, mm-hmm. uh, and that includes, I think, no, last, uh, Justin Fields coming over was the highest-rated R- player recruit, ever, yeah. um, but we're talking about the highest-ranked or highest-rated recruiting class Ohio State's ever had, and the, right now it's shaping up to be that way in 2021. Unbelievable. And the reason I'm highlighting this is, for one, this would be good on a normal week, okay? March Madness, doesn't matter. If there is no coronavirus, if everything is as normal... 
this is impressive. It's even more impressive because they were able to lock these guys in during this time where really sports is the last thing on people's minds. Maybe it's the forefront of hoping, mm-hmm. wishing it was back. But you see my point. Ohio State, Ryan Day, Kerry Combs, the entire coaching staff, good for you. Congratulations. That's, that's a hell of an accomplishment doing what they just did this past week. Yeah, and I think it speaks to their character because a lot of times you want to, for the recruits, you want to be meet these people in person so you can interact that's with them. That's tough. Yeah, and see like how they actually are in person and if this environment or this campus is the place you can see yourself for the next three to four years. And for Ohio State to grab four guys during this time, one of the most, I don't think anybody has ever experienced a, a week like this. Nope. And for them to grab a three-star corner, two four-star corners, and a four-star running back in one period, in one week, the Buckeyes are on fire right now. Yeah, good job for Ryan Day and the staff. Four five seven nine four six four. Let's talk about something positive, folks. Buckeye fans, we know that the Buckeye season didn't end in, in the way we wanted, but you at least got to see them back in the playoff for the first time in two seasons. Uh, it ended in dramatic fashion against Clemson. We all know that. Again, the, the officiating is what most people were talking about in the fallout from that game. But for what Ryan Day and the Buckeyes have been able to do this offseason, and from a recruiting standpoint, and we're going to talk uh, with a couple recruiting analysts here to, uh, coming up on tomorrow's show. I'm excited to do that, but I want to hear from you. 457-9464, reaction to the Buckeyes' success on the recruiting trail, despite all the limitations, despite everything going on in the country and our world right now, this has to make you Buckeye fans feel pretty good. Let's go to Jeff in Beaver Creek. Jeff, how are you? Justin, how are you? Good. Thanks for holding, man. What's up? Oh, no, I'm just uh, calling in. I uh, got on 11 Warriors last night. So they got another four-star running back. Uh, just to kind of let you guys know, they're in on two more top-flight running backs, the kid from uh, 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 Michigan, and it's down between, I think, Ohio State, Michigan, or Ohio State, Georgia. And uh, then I think they're in on a running back from Virginia. That's, uh, these guys are phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah for 2021. And then the, the so, grad transfer potentially from uh, Oklahoma, and that would be, that would impact them right away next year. Uh, but yeah, that it, would be a huge. That would be a great handoff right there. No pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think they're in on the top defensive tackle in the country out west, and then I think that they're they're still in on the kid from Kentucky for offensive linemen. So I think they've got a real good shot of signing him. It could be one of their best classes ever. Yeah, that's what and, I was just uh, saying. And, and to be honest, that's what I was concerned about. Like, because I always said, like, when Urban was here, I thought that Ryan Day was actually going to be an upgrade as far as X's and O's is concerned with Ohio State. But my concern was the recruiting aspect. And I think that was a fair concern to have because Urban's one of the best yeah. to ever do it. So to expect yeah. someone with no head coaching experience to come in and just dominate, and you're only as good as your assistant coaching staff. I get that. But, man, Ryan Day, I mean, I've never seen that. This is like as seamless a transition from a great one of the great coaches of all time to a first first-year head coach that I've ever seen. Oklahoma's had success with Lincoln Riley, don't get me wrong, but Ohio State's doing it on both sides of the ball, recruiting-wise, and that can't go unnoticed. Yeah, he's, I, I, I think he's done great, and, and I think he might be a, just a touch better X and O guy than Urban, and, yeah. mm-hmm. and whether, he could recru- whether he could recruit or not, but he obviously is, and that, that's the lifeblood of any major program. He's doing a great job, but also too, uh, you know, thanks for taking my call. But is Mark okay? Is he, is he leaving for health reasons? Or are you guys not allowed to say? Or I was just kind of concerned, and, and no, I, I didn't and, hear. Me and Schlemmer had an arm wrestling match, and the loser had to leave. It was a loser leave town. Now he look, he he is battling a lot of things that uh, you know. 
out away from okay. here that I'm not allowed to really kind of give out okay. over the air. But uh, he did okay. have his final show yesterday, and uh, you yeah, know. I heard that. It kind of made me sad. I, yeah, I didn't. I, I couldn't stand him at first, but boy, I tell you, as it went on, I really, really liked him more and more, and, and thought you guys did a uh, really, really good job together, and uh, really enjoyed listening to you guys when I'm out making sales calls and Uber driving and rapping and umpiring. So. Uh, uh, I appreciate it. You guys keep up the good work, and if you talk to Mark, you tell him uh, I wish him the best. And absolutely, and trust me, he appreciated every call and, and, and nice comment like that yesterday, and he'll appreciate them continuing to come his way. So I'll definitely pass that on. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate That'd be great. it. Hey, hey, Justin. See you guys. Take care. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Yes, for those of you uh, who did not tune in yesterday and are not familiar with the situation, uh, we did air the final Kinner and Schlemmer show from yesterday. Schlemmer retiring from radio. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a, I, I hated to see him leave, but I was glad to see that he was able to go out being able to, to talk with you guys one final time because you guys mean the world to him. You have no idea. Um, and it was just like, this is what he looked forward to every day. And, uh, this is what I looked forward to every day, you know, sitting across from him and just arguing, yelling, screaming, doing all that fun stuff, just talking sports, uh, and having fun with you guys. But, uh, trust me, yesterday meant a ton to him. Uh, you have no idea. So thank you guys uh, for making yesterday so special for him because I know it meant a lot and it meant a lot to the station as well. All right. Uh, we just talked about all the talent that Ohio State was able to rack up. But let's talk about one of the biggest names that Ohio State just lost today. Ohio State loses a huge name. I'll tell you next. For the ones who forge metal and those with nerves of steel. For the ones who burn the midnight oil and the ones who rise with the sun. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry with over 250 local branches and a team of specialists available 24-7 to help you solve any challenge. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Legacies are built step-by-step, mile-by-mile. Through this movement, new possibilities are born. After the late nights and early practices, past the winding roads and unexpected detours, through the rest stops and timeouts, new lanes begin to open up. And that's when the world starts to take note. Because movement builds on itself and makes discovery inevitable. At Goodyear, we believe movement drives possibility beyond the ordinary. And that's where legacies begin. Goodyear, more driven. Here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Brandon, seriously, where's Schlemmer? Where is he? I told you, if he doesn't show up, that's it. He's no more Kenner and Schlemmer show. That's it. That, that's the final. That's all I got. Schlemmer, if you're listening, get in here, man. Hey, get in here. No, I called him earlier today. I'm like, hey, man, when are you coming in? Season? No, he wasn't having it. <laughs> he wasn't having it. Uh, man, hour one in the books, hour two coming up. We're getting some NFL talk. Browns, Bengals. How do you grade their free agency activity so far? I feel, you know, I woke up. To, I know that there's a virus going around. I woke up feeling kind of weird today. I was like, man, I don't know if I should go in. I feel kind of funky. I feel kind of, I don't feel normal. I don't feel right. I feel like I have praise for the Bengals. I have something nice to say, so something must be wrong. 
Now, I'm going to praise the Cincinnati Bengals for a little bit. I'm still going to point out something that bothers me. But I've been impressed with the Cincinnati Bengals. I feel weird even saying that. Um, I'm real impressed, to be honest with you. Uh, the Browns and Bengals, I think, have done a fantastic job. I think that the Bengals have definitely ignored uh, their, made, their their biggest need. Um, but other than that, their second biggest need, they've they've gone after and, and attacked very aggressively. More aggressively than I've really anticipated uh, from them. And I think some of the fans are even a little surprised as well. But again, Justin Kenner with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. 457-9464. Twitter is at 1410Kenner. K-I-N-N-E-R. All right, let's take a look at what the Bengals have done. We knew that coming into this offseason for the 140th straight season that the Bengals needed an offensive lineman and they needed defense. Uh, I, my biggest criticism of the Bengals was that their needs never changed. They always seem to need offensive linemen. They always, you know, have been, I mean, especially in the last five years, to be fair, let's reset this. The last five years, my frustration with the Bengals is that they've had the same needs for five years. And I don't want to hear that, oh, well, you know, those needs, they've, they've addressed them in the draft. That's great if you're rebuilding. Um, but the Bengals at no point, like that, there are bad teams that have been rebuilding that were losing games. The Bengals were never rebuilding. When you have A.J. Green, when you have Boyd, when you have Eifert, I know injuries played a role in a lot of the, the you know, stubbing of the toes of the Bengals. I get it. But they were never rebuilding throughout this process. So I don't want to hear that excuse as to why they've struggled the last five years, folks. Like, they, they, this was not a rebuilding team. That's why I was, so, I was a lot harder on them than other teams because it's, I think it's more embarrassing when you're trying to win and you lose as bad as they have. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, you know, uh, never mind, it's 2020. I can't make those jokes. I ain't going to go there. No, forget it. I'm just going to do it just to make a point. <laughs> it's, it's like you ever be, you, you're ever out. And you look over and you're like, oh man, I think that girl's hot. And then she turns around. It's like, oh no, she just she's trying too hard. She put way too much makeup mm-hmm. on. Like that, she just looks. She needs to stop. She needs to quit. That's that's the Bengals. That's the Bengals. They're, tr- they're trying too hard. And then you know you're putting all that work into just being bad. That's the Bengals. They're the girl that wears too much makeup. They work too hard to be that bad, to look that bad. That's the Cincinnati Bengals. Now. You can't build everything in the draft. I thought they did a pretty good job in the draft the first time around to get to the playoffs those five straight years. You know, you got Dalton. You had success with him right away. You drafted A.J. Green. You drafted a lot of those guys. I get it. A lot of success. But that's not working right now. They they're front off, They do not have a good scouting department. They do not draft well, and they have failed miserably in that department. Um, and that has led to the five straight years of having the same needs. And that frustrates me. If you have the same needs for more than two years in a row, I'm questioning your front office big time. Offensive line. For the Bengals, that's been the biggest issue for the last five years. You know, we could rip Andy Dalton all we want. We still don't know where he's going yet. I'm assuming he could be a, ba- or a Patriot at any time now, especially with some of those other names coming mm-hmm. off of that list. Um, but we're going to learn. Like, I mean, Joe Burrow's going to come in, and he's going to have success, and we're going to forget all about Andy Dalton. But if Andy Dalton goes to New England and has success, I'm not just going to say, oh, it's because it's it's Bill Belichick. I'm going to say, no, it's because he actually has you know real NFL talent around him, and that's what's going on at that point. Like, you have a franchise that's going to protect Andy Dalton. All right? That's going to be the key for Andy Dalton if he goes to New England or really wherever he goes. We're going to learn about Andy Dalton. And I'm very excited to see what he does. And I'm going to be pulling for Andy Dalton wherever he goes. I do not think he's a backup quarterback. I think he's... He's not an elite quarterback by any means, but I also don't think he's a backup. Like Jameis Winston, people were talking about him this morning. I was listening. They're like, man, is he a backup quarterback? Or is, where, where's, there's, not, there's not a spot for Jameis Winston in the league right now. Mm-mm. 
Like he's going to be a backup. I'm like, that's one hell of a talented backup quarterback. I still think he has. You could tweak him, you know, a time or two. But man, I don't. You know, it's going to be weird seeing Jameis Winston as a backup quarterback in the league. It's going to be even weirder to see Andy Dalton as a backup. Andy Dalton's a starter, and I think he's going to be a starter with the Patriots. Um, but to, to to reset here, my point is is that the Bengals have frustrated me because they've had the same needs for five years. But this year, I've been beyond impressed with what they have done in free agency. For one, because they've actually, well, you know, made moves in free agency. They've spent a lot of dough in free agency. Um, you know, you get DJ, you get DJ Raider again, the defensive tackle from the Texans. Trey Wayne's the cornerback from the Vikings. You know, Mackenzie Alexander, another cornerback from the Vikings. Again, a slot cornerback. Look, he you know one year deal for him. If it were only four you know, million, but only still. you know it's, it's they're not married to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Denard. I don't know if it's a how much of a de- look. Denard. I some people liked him, some people didn't. I don't know. I didn't see enough. He was injured all the time for me. I really don't. I didn't have enough. He didn't I, have enough time on the field for me to get. There were some bro. games last year that I could picture him just literally missing tackles like you would not mm-hmm. believe. Now, granted, you know the whole team was running back shouldn't <laughs> be getting that deep into your uh, secondary like that. But that, there you go. Um, and then this guy Xavier Suafila, I can never pronounce his name, but regardless, they get a guard. They add to you know they're able to kind of you know he's replacing John Miller. It's going to compete with Michael Jordan and a couple others for that spot. Who knows? But here's my problem. I love what they did on the defensive side. You attack that need. Okay, and I think you could still fill some of those gaps in the draft. I, but I love what they did. I think that's a hell of a starting point. You needed to upgrade your secondary. I believe you did that. You added a little bit more depth to that defensive line. This has been a horrible defense, historically bad, and they addressed it. That's all you can do. Will these moves work? We don't know yet. But I love the fact that even with Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins, you go and add DJ Reader into the mix. And now all of a sudden, when you have a division that you're going to have to be worrying about Baker Mayfield, mock him all you want, but they're paying attention to what Baker Mayfield is. You're going to need guys to contain Lamar Jackson. All right, you're paying attention to what Baltimore's doing. Big Ben might be old Big Big Ben, um, but he's still a guy that you're going to have to put pressure on. I think as Big Ben gets older, the more pressure you put on him, the better. Uh, I know, you know, anytime we've talked about this with Schlemmer, Schlemmer says he doesn't believe Big Ben, you know, has a lot left in the tank mm-hmm. to begin with. So who knows? Point is, it's a very talented quarterback class in the AFC North. It went from being one of the worst to, I think, one of the best. And that depends on Baker Mayfield and uh, Joe Burrow, but I think it's one of the most exciting quarterback divisions in all of football when you look at the fact that Baker is still, he's the most polarizing player in the NFL, period. Like, there's no other player that generates a response the way he does. He's the ultimate, to use a WWE term, the ultimate heel. Mm-hmm. All right, He is going to generate a reaction no matter what. I mean, you either like him or you love him. There's no in between. Joe Burrow is going to generate a ton of excitement because he's going to be the number one overall draft pick. Uh, Heisman winning quarterback wins the national championship in college football and really kind of, I mean, he his popularity shot through the roof this year with all the success he had at LSU. And then you look at Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, an MVP quarterback now, who I've said before, the only one that's going to stop Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. This league has never found a way to stop the running quarterback. The only thing that has ever stopped the running quarterback has been injuries. And we could sit here and say, oh, well, that's why it's not going to work. Pocket quarterbacks get hurt. So I never like to try to – I never associate the possibility of injuries in my analysis on trying to to judge whether or not this guy's going to work or not. Has it worked in the past? No. But it doesn't mean that, okay, he could be the one guy that does have good durability, that stays healthy, has good stamina, and can end up, you know, making a run of this thing. Already an MVP? Always. Two years in? I mean, him and, and Patrick Mahomes, the job that they've done, it's unreal. But the one thing that's going to start chasing Lamar Jackson around is the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If you have a third straight year of laying an egg in the playoffs, then that's going to start to be that mystique that yeah. follows you. Regular the, the season narrative. quarterback, 
can't get it done in the playoffs. My point is the AFC, and then Big Ben. Big Ben's a storied quarterback, multiple Super Bowls. Uh, I mean, he's one of the best of all time. So Big Ben, the AFC North, most interesting division in all of the NFL, most exciting quarterback group of, of all the divisions in football. So I like the fact that the Bengals addressed that defensively in free agency. I think they have, you know, with all their draft picks, they're going to be able to get more. They're going to get more draft picks when it comes to the move of Andy Dalton. Where that draft pick falls, we don't know. My concern, though, is this. If I had one for the Bengals, to be fair, because i got to live you know, up to my brand here. If I, I don't have one, but you see my point. I love what the Bengals have done. My problem, though, is this. If you were going to finally spend money in free agency, like the one, the one asset that all teams are looking for is quarterback. And you are finally in position to get your quarterback, in, in, uh, not Andy Dalton, in Joe Burrow. And this is fine. This is lining up perfectly with the same offseason that you are finally deciding to spend money and attack for agency. Again, I love what you did on the defensive side, but how can you, again, not do everything in your power to protect your quarterback? Like that's my problem. Like I would have rather them overspent for Conklin. I would have rather them overspent. They need to do everything in your power to go get Tooney. I. That's my only complaint. If I had one for the Bengals, it's that you. Fi- you have. The number one draft pick. You are trying to convince him and the entire world that the narrative that a quarterback should not want to go play for Cincinnati, that narrative should not exist. Here's the deal. You had a chance to make it happen. You were willing to spend money. You've been active in free agency. Why, of all the money that you spent, did you not address the offensive line? And, and don't give me the, you know, the Suafilo, whatever his name is. Stop. That's a project. It's a one-year deal. They're, you know, he's going to compete for a spot, but you know, it's not guaranteed nothing's guaranteed but it's not like people it's promising put it that way jonah williams a lot of excitement for him but again who knows they've had excitement for previous offensive linemen that they've drafted that he could just be another you know flop so off an injury missed the entire season yeah so that's my point that's my only frustration with the bengals is is i'm i'm very happy that they decided to spend money but why would you not have put all of that money and effort into the offensive line you've been bad defensively for the last five years a sixth year isn't going to hurt but what will hurt is if you become the Colts where you get a great quarterback and then you end up you know, retiring him early because you can't keep him upright. That's all. They're going to draft an offensive lineman or two, I'm sure. But I, to be honest, I would have rather of them put all their money in trying to fine-tune that offensive line and been bad defensively for a year because that doesn't hurt your quarterback. Sure, it's going to put him out on the field more, but I would have put more money and invest my money and time into protecting my quarterback versus, all right, we have a improved defense, but we still have a questionable offensive line. Jonah Williams, one guy is not going to just all of a sudden make that offensive line something to, to fear. So exactly. that's my point. So there, I complimented the Bengals, but I had to at least point that out. And I think that even the most realistic Bengals fans can agree that if they were going to spend money, they should have attacked that offensive line. That is very important. You've got to protect your most important asset. If Joe Burrow goes down because he's just getting his ass kicked not, you know, week in and week out, now you're going to have a very average backup quarterback that's not going to get anything done with a bad offensive line and a very, you know, a little above average defense at this point, depending on who they add in the draft. That's my concern. Four five seven nine four six four. If you had to give the Bengals a grade to this point in free agency, what would that grade be? Let's go to Nick and Dayton. Nick, what's up, man? Hey, man, you know, you know I think you've got a B right now. I think the biggest thing you have to realize, and we talked about it, their number one target was taken off the board before just before free agency started. And that was the guard from New England. Uh-huh. So I think that kind of re- had to have them reshuffle things. If you look at some of the other, the other offensive linemen, I think Conklin, you pointed out Cleveland was aggressive and jumped on him and, and got him right away. So, you know, there wasn't that many big free agent offensive linemen out there. 
Um, you know, Andre Pete, there's a New Orleans Saint, there's a guard. I think they kind of that's him interesting, but he's got injury prone, right? So the fact that he can't bring guys on for to get their doctors to look at him is kind of hampered things as well. So I, I still don't think they're done. I think once they can get Dalton off the books, that's seventeen million. Um, I actually look for them to sign maybe a linebacker, maybe like an Alec Ogletree or Nigel Brandon, who are still out there, um, addressing this defense. And the, I think the other thing is how that thirty that pick that is going to be the thirty third, right? That first pick of the second round. Mm-hmm. Some of the offensive tackles, you know, maybe a John Jones from Houston, Austin Jackson from USC. Are they going to be there? Um, you got the kid out of uh, the real good guard from LSU, who's a third round pick. You know, pretty much everybody says he's going to come in and start wherever he's drafted. So there's, you know, sitting at the top of every round is also a, a benefit for the team as well. Yeah, I just my thing is is I, I don't know for me, and this is not just my opinion about the Bengals. It's about the Browns and any team. I, I, if you're rebuilding and your goal is to try to rebuild your offensive line through the draft, more power to you. But when you are in a position where you have a quarterback that you have to protect now, I just think that you're taking too much of a risk by relying on the draft to protect your, your asset, your number one asset being your quarterback. So that's why. Uh, but other than that, I'd love the, the change in approach, uh, the aggressive approach by the Bengals. I think it's smart. Um, it's something they should have done last year. I don't think they, I mean, I don't know. I think that they tanked. I think they made a decision to tank at some point in the middle of last season. I don't think they tried to tank coming in. Um, but that's what last year frustrated me. I think they thought they right. had enough pieces to win, but yet they didn't address the bad defense from the year before. But Here, this year, completely different. Here's how that group was, Justin, to put it in perspective. Andrew Wentworth got a three-year deal over $10 million a year, and, you know, he's on the last leg of his career. So the fact that you're having to give him that kind of money to keep him around which the Rams, you know, as bad as they are spending money, as they, as, I don't know if you just saw, they released Gurley, right? So they're having to cut that because they've overpaid for, for services, right? I mean, that just tells you how bad the market was that they gave it. You know, Whitworth, who's a great offensive lineman, but you can see he definitely regressed last year, and they still paid him over $10 million a year. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, three years too. By the way, I anyways, right. but that's interesting. That and he's not going away. He was contemplating retirement. The next thing you know, I'm seeing a three year deal. I thought that was kind of interesting. If you ask me. Well, let me ask you: Would you contemplate retirement if I said, "Hey, I'm going to give you ten million over the next three years for each year"? Was that were they able to offer more money because of the C- the collective bargaining agreement? You know, I think so. I think well, like I said, they just cut Gurley, which says that it's fifteen million off their off their uh, salary right there because of the roster bonuses and stuff he was due. Yeah, by the way, he's so a Steeler, it's not even funny. You think so? I think so. The Steelers have to make a move like that. They have to make a move. Brandon, what are you uh, What are you reading right now on teams interested in them? The Colts? Uh, the Colts have who? Mac? Who do they have? They have yeah, Marlon yeah. Mac is their running back right now. But so, they can use that upgrade. They can use the Steelers. I, know, I didn't, haven't thought about that. The Steel, he, makes the mo- he makes a ton of sense for the Steelers. You need a strong back right now, especially to kind of. They need an identity. You know, Connor ain't bad. He's not the worst. But uh, I think that if you get Gurley in there with Big Ben, all of a sudden the Steelers would have that identity on the offensive side again. They're going to get a know, receiver in the draft too. If that happens, I'm going to have to curse you, man. Because I don't even want to see that. Because you know they would think a guy like that. And just use him so well. They but would. They really would. It wouldn't. <laughs> it would not surprise me at all. Um, 
and you know, all of a sudden you're looking at and the AFC North. I'd have to look around, but that if they if Gurley ends up going to the Steelers, which that's my prediction for where he ends up, that might be the deepest running back division in in all of football. When you look at the fact that the Browns have two of the top ones in, in Chubb and uh, obviously in Hunt, and then you lo- I love who the Bengals have obviously with Mixon, and then if you had Gurley to the Steelers, I'd say that's pretty good. The Ravens. And then Ingram could, and uh, yep. The Ravens, man. So that's my I prediction. Think, I, I think, think the Steelers get him. Oh, Tampa's good too. I forgot about that. He did. He tweeted at Tom Brady last night too. You're right. That could be. I think he's better off in in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh needs him more, but uh, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me. Free agents are flocking right now to Tom Brady, going for that final push. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting that all the players want to go play with him. But I mean, I can see why now. But, all right, all man. right, Justin. Have a good one, man. You too. Take care. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Yeah, that news that just broke a little bit ago that the that the L.A. Rams had released Todd Gurley, which is one of the weirdest things. This was a team in the Super Bowl not even two years ago, not even a year ago. I mean, just a little over a year, right? Like it's insane. Like just a little over a year ago, the Rams were in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Gurley was a part of the offense that basically turned the entire league upside down. The Sean McVay offense led behind Gurley and Goff. Now Goff all of a sudden just looks like a very Average quarterback. The pack, yeah. You know, he's well above Trubisky and those mm-hmm. guys, but he's well below some of the elite quarterbacks. He's not a guy that I, if he was on the market and the Browns got golf, like if Baker you know, ends up flopping and they, they get golf, I wouldn't feel like, oh, they got their guy. Mm-hmm. If the Bengals don't draft Joe Burrow and end up with the golf, I wouldn't think that they got their guy. So I'm not a golf guy, which is what amazes me of how the, you know, the Sean McVay way just totally dominated the league. If you even made eye contact with him, you got a head coaching job. That's how the Bengals basically yeah, got their head coach. Taylor, yeah. <laughs> um, I think Zach Taylor will be okay, mainly because if he was a part of the successful offensive scheme with Goff and Gurley there, I think that Joe Burrow, if he lives up to the hype, he's going to be a way better Goff to begin with. And then you have Mixon. I think your weapons are a lot better or just as good, if not better, to be honest with you. But they got to be run better organizationally. They've got to get a better offensive line, and I think they're working. They're doing the right steps to improve the defense. So there, folks. I complimented your Cincinnati Bengals. How are you? <laughs> How about that? Um, I teased this earlier coming into Hour 2. DJ Carton was the Buckeye that is no longer with the team, which shouldn't surprise anybody. Uh, he had cited mental health issues back in January when he left the team. Um, I think there were some other issues going on well before that. Keep in mind, but the Ohio State, like UD fans, got mad because they thought, you know, oh, we're number three, we're the, we're easily the best team in Ohio. And I said, well, you're the highest ranked team in Ohio. I thought that with the way Ohio State was playing in November and December, I thought they were the best team. Uh, I thought them and UD were pretty close. Just to put it that way, I don't think that there's a gap between the two. I thought that they were pretty even with the way Ohio State played in November, December, talking basketball at the moment, and something just kind of went. Wrong. Like something changed. Something was different. I think there was chemistry issues. I think there was issues in the locker room, issues out on the floor. You look at DJ Carton all of a sudden out of nowhere. Uh, you know, they lose to West Virginia. They go in that five or six game losing streak to start Big Ten play. They lost to Minnesota early and then early, they went yeah. back into non conference yeah. and then lost to Minnesota again and then went on like a five or six game losing streak. And then they finally got their mojo back. I think they, they had a new way of running the, you know, operating on the floor. You lose one of your top players in DJ Carton. We kept anticipating Carton might come back at some point, especially as we entered the final weeks of the season, maybe to get him reacclimated heading into the NCAA tournament that should be tipping off today. Um, but that didn't happen. It doesn't surprise me. Carton, again, was, I think, rated as the highest-rated player to come to Ohio State since Russell, D'Angelo Russell, correct? Yep. So, I think you know, there was a lot of expectations for him. 
Wherever he transfers, whoever gets him, they're getting a very good guard. I've seen so many crazy things like, like UD. I love Anthony Grant's approach. Like Every time I see a player that's in the transfer portal, UD is always one of the teams interested in him. Like, I think, honestly, you, you're going to build a team a lot faster, especially if they allow that one transfer oh, yep. rule oh, yep. to where you're exempt from having to sit out a year. You're allowed to, to you know transfer without penalty one time without having to sit out a year. We, Anthony Grant built that team last year. Now, I know your core players were Jalen Crutcher and obviously you know Obi Toppin, which were two guys he recruited out of high school. It was great. Okay, uh, but the core and the base of the success that they had, technically, I guess you could say Mike Sell and Landers. Mm-hmm. But you look at you know Shamanga yeah, and Chapman and those guys like that was all, those are all transfers. I like you know so that's why I don't look at roster makeup for UD right now, and I'm not trying to piece anything mm-hmm. together because Crutcher's going to be the main piece for next year. Uh, but I still think that we're far from knowing what the final roster is going to look like heading into 20. Uh, heading into the 2020-21 season for UD, uh, and it's because of stuff like this. I don't know. Carton could be a good fit. Another, they have a lot of guards already. They do. Um, but is Cart, Cart, you know, Carton better than Chapman? Is he better? I mean, Watson. He's a change of pace. You leave Watson sure. alone. Yeah, I don't know. So, oh, absolutely. They're going to need size. And they're going to need another post player. So it won't surprise you know, there. But there's a lot of guards that are going to be in that transfer portal that UD is going to be able to go and get, obviously looking for that post player. That's going to be key. All right, so there you go. We've talked Ohio State. We've talked a little UD basketball. I talked Bengals. We're going to talk Browns when we come back. We talked Buckeye football. We talked about the OHSAA. I'm getting a lot of feedback on that. My basketball coach from high school. I swear, he never tweets me unless he disagrees with me. That's how it goes. Like I'm serious. He never tweets me unless it's to tell me I'm wrong about something, which then again, he only talked to me when he was telling me I was wrong about something, too. I tweeted out earlier that I don't understand why the OHSAA is sticking to the indefinite suspension of winter tournaments. The teams can't even practice for the remaining two weeks. The obvious answer is money, but outside of that, I'm not a fan of of stringing the athletes along for a doubtful tournament. Um, And I I threw that out there earlier. What is people's reactions to potentially, you know, if you are a parent of a kid in this situation, are you a fan of the OHSAA continuing to draw this out? Would you rather them just, you know, pull the plug and say, hey, we tried, it didn't work, you know, we'll, we'll do this again next year. Uh, but my coach from high school, Dave Fralick, says disagree, uh, holding out hope to provide the best educational-based component of extracurricular activities for our students. So there you go. That was very well put. So I, I don't know. I've learned not to argue with him, so I'm just going to say, you, you're good, <laughs> coach. coach. right there. <laughs> he scares the hell out of me. I'm dead serious. Like, there's day, not huh? one individual in the world that scares me more than him. So I'm just going to say, you're right, coach. I seriously, every time, you're right, coach. You're right. <laughs> not arguing with you. All right, what did you just put? Okay, you did, you talked about DJ Carton being in the transfer portal. Ohio State basketball is also in the mix to get the 2018 Ivy League Player of the Year, Seth Towns. He had a sit-out last year because he transferred. So, I mean, it's a bad day in terms of Carton leaving, but it's a little optimistic. Uh, the only reason I don't, like, I think the Carton news would be a lot more devastating for Buckeye basketball fans if Carton was a part of the success down the stretch where they yeah. were knocking off all the top 25 teams. Keep in mind, they were knocking out, at the time Indiana was ranked, but they beat Indiana. And that's why I hate when people say, well, they're not ranked anymore. But when you beat them, they're ranked, and they fell out of the ranking because you beat them. Exactly. We had that conversation about football all the time. Um, but by the way, when you're beating the number 20 team in college basketball, there's still ten. There's a million times more weight to beating the 20 team in college basketball than football. Exactly. You know, when people try to use, a, oh, Ohio State beat number 24 ranked Michigan State or 25 ranked. 
like that, that I don't count that. <laughs> twenty five means like I don't I think twenty five ranked teams in football, when you only put four in to begin with, I think that's way too many. I think it should be a top fifteen and leave it at that. That'll never happen, but I'm just saying top fifteen is honestly what it should be. I I'm not impressed when you beat the twenty fifth ranked team in college football. I'm just not. You beat anyone in the top fifteen, I think there's a lot that you know, I think fifteen to one the, the gap in talent is not as wide as there is between, obviously, even 15 and 25 at that point. It gets a little dicey. Yeah. But college basketball, you beat the 30th team in the country. That's, that's, still, a, that's still a good win, <laughs> if you ask me. All right, we're going to step away for a few moments. Bengals fans, I, gave, I never even gave the grade. If I had to give the Bengals a grade for their free agency activity to this point, I have to give a C plus. Now, that's pretty good, because I was... I. As far as the Bengals are concerned, I'm going to give them an F every offseason because they have horrible offseasons. Uh, I'm giving them a C plus because there's still time to be able to, to add to it. My big thing is is I, if you have needs on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, if you are not trying to address the offensive side of the ball first when you are going to get your quarterback and Joe Burrow and your main priority is not to protect him and you put all of your money on the defensive side, I don't see how the defensive side is protecting your number one asset when your offensive line has been as weak as it has. So to me, oh, interesting. Uh, so to me, I'll get to that in a moment, uh, Brandon. Thank you for po- posting that. Yes, sir. Um, so to me, I have to give them a C plus because I, I think they've done a fantastic job on the defensive side. Their very first signing that they were able to get done was DJ Reader, who I thought at first I was a little annoyed. I'm like, you, you turned down Joe Schobert for $53 million over five years to get uh, DJ, DJ Reader <laughs> for four years for the same amount of money in 53. I think it was Nick. Nick called in and pointed out the difference, too, is why it's not a big deal. Reader does, has less guaranteed money. Yeah. Schobert would have been a good chunk of that would have been guaranteed. Um, but that's great. I mean, like I said, you have Atkins, you have Dunlap, you're adding more you know, depth and strength to that defensive line. You're going to have to have a strong defensive line in that division. There's going to be a lot of really good offenses there. So now C-plus for the Bengals. Now what about the Browns? How would I grade my Cleveland Browns for their activity in the NFL free agency period? We'll talk about that next. Don't go anywhere. Kinner back with you here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM, and of course streaming live at wingam.com. Interesting news that de- uh, developing and breaking during the break, or announced during the break, that uh, Saints head coach Sean Payton just tested positive for the coronavirus. And I bring that up, and like I said, folks, our goal is to try to just talk sports as much as possible, but I think that it's also realistic to understand that there's real-world things that overlap in our world of sports, and I think uh, no better example is the fact that we're sitting here hanging out. You're wasting your time listening to me when you should be watching March Madness right now. <laughs> like, and to be honest, I had no intentions of being on the air today. I had every intention of being in Cleveland, watching UD. Whether they're playing tonight or playing tomorrow, I had every intention of being there watching the, the one, or one of the one seeds in the Flyers playing in the NCAA tournament. That's where I wanted to be. But the bottom line is, reality smacks us in the face some time, and that's why I want to kind of touch on this. Here's my concern with, of course, the coronavirus uh, being, you know, the, the virus being found, you know, a positive test for Sean Payton. I don't believe that large crowds is going to be what keeps the NBA from tipping off in July. What is going to keep the NBA from tipping off in July, or just ball got off with no 
penalty, not penalty, but no, you know, anyone kind of ripping them for it is beyond me when football is, oh, they're tone deaf. What are they tone deaf? We're, we're talking free agency. Oh, they're flaunting their money. Folks, I'm sorry, but like, we're all being impacted by this, I'm sure, to, at some kind of financial standpoint. Not once have I said, man, I'm just so pissed. I'm so mad. I'm losing money at work, but uh, man, to make it worse, DJ Re- DJ Reader just made 53 million for the Bengals. Like, stop. Like that, I, I don't agree with that at all. If fans are that sensitive to being upset while going through something like this, and hearing that an NFL player just made signed a million dollar contract, you're delusional. Like, I mean, that's what they do. That's what athletes do. <laughs> it doesn't take. I mean, me losing money because of the coronavirus and how it impacts me here at work. That that's not going to all of a sudden make NFL players evil because they make a ton of money or the NBA or Major League Baseball or anybody else. So I just find that awkward or weird that the NFL is getting ripped. I think that the NFL is going to have a problem now is because we know that the, there's going to be a couple players that come out eventually with it. Other coaches are going to come down with it. And I just think that until you can prove that no other player in the sport has it, I don't see how they're going to feel comfortable rolling the players back out on the floor. So that's why everyone that keeps saying, oh, you know, Large crowds, you know, hopefully they can resume soon. I don't think it's the crowds that's honestly keeping the NBA games from resuming come July. And I don't think that it's going to be the crowds that keep college or NFL football from happening. I think it's going to be the concern of the athletes having it. Because, I'm sorry, but James Harden on the uh, in an NBA game on the floor isn't going to catch it because Tim in row far, you know, in exactly. section 400 yeah. has the coronavirus. Um, it's because there's players in the league. And the only way that you could prove that everyone in the league doesn't have it is by testing everyone. But here's the problem. Here's where just regular old civilian Justin Kinner comes into play. If I have symptoms and I'm calling up here locally that I need a test and they say, oh, well, we're out of tests right now. But yeah, I'm hearing that. And by the way, you can only get tested if you're showing symptoms. But I'm finding out that the entire NBA is being tested, whether they're showing symptoms or not. That That's kind of effed up, mm-hmm. man. That's, that's real messed up. Uh, and I think that's a problem. And now, because it's hit the NFL, and who knows, maybe NFL players are in the midst of being tested anyways. But you know that they're all being tested, too. These millionaire athletes are going... If you want to be mad at millionaires, be mad at them for this reason. Why are they being tested and protected more than than the you know civilians? I think it's easier as a pro athlete to kind of you know basically hide yourself. I mean, you can lock yourself in your... 10-bedroom mansion, Um, you're not really going to be impacted financially by the coronavirus like us common folk are, but yet the common folk are impacted financially by the coronavirus. Uh, We're going to be impacted maybe, you know, from a career, you know, from an employment standpoint and, you know, from a financial standpoint of, you know, how are you going to survive without a job if we lose the job because of the coronavirus? These athletes, even if they have it, they have the money to protect themselves and be fine. If, even if they don't have it, they're not going to be impacted by having a work stoppage because why? They make millions of dollars. So this is interesting to me and how all of this is panning out. How many players are being tested? Now that it's an NFL coach that got tested or that was found positive, will every NFL player now be tested, whether they're showing symptoms or not? Because I believe that's what's going on in the NBA. Like, it's just weird to me that four Nets players, I, maybe they all four showed some symptoms kind of symptoms, yeah. but I doubt it. I mean, the NBA was able to pull or was able to prove right away with the Jazz how many players on that roster mm-hmm. were sick with it within days. When we were told it was two to fourteen days before you could find out an answer, the whole thing's fishy to me. I just don't like that. You know, it's going to be those people that are protected more than just us common folk over here. Yeah, That's man, it. most definitely. Um, and when you were talking about the NFL and how people have a problem with them and saying they haven't been doing enough, first of all, the season is still months months out. And plus, the NFL draft is at the end of April. They already said that's no longer open to the public. It'll still go on. 
I just think people are uh, like overreacting as far as the NFL's response to this point. But I think now is where we could see a difference in their response just because, like you said, Coach Payton has it. I'm sure it'll come out other players have it. And I think it's, we're getting closer and closer to the time where we're talking about could it affect the start of maybe college football in the NFL. So I'm interested to see how things develop here on out since Coach Payton um, came out and said that he does have coronavirus. All right, for those of you listening or just tuning in, uh, Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints, tested positive for the coronavirus, and that's the first case uh, regarding the NFL that we have heard to this point. But I'm telling you, yeah, that, that's my thinking of this, too, when we talk about when the NBA is going to tip off, when Major League Baseball. Now, Major League Baseball, has there been a player yet? That's tested positive. No, I've only seen minors. The Reds organization over in spring training, uh-huh. I think I got a press release. I'm going to go pull that and get more details on that. But someone tested positive for it, one of the employees oh, of the okay. Reds at spring training. Uh-huh. So there's that. But I'm telling you, baseball will not you know, debut coming up here in a few months mm-hmm. if the players have it. And I'm starting to wonder if the NBA will actually resume. If this keeps lingering into the summer, the NBA season might be canceled as well. And that's a good possibility, and that's going to be one of the topics I get into here around the corner. We could just dive into it now. And in four five seven nine four six four, by the way, that's the number to call in and join in on the conversation. As far as the NBA goes, I, I talked about this with OHSAA. How long do you just keep prolonging things before you just pull the plug on it and say, you know, what, enough is enough? Like we're not canceling or postponing this because of complications with the venue or something. I mean, this is a national, you know, pandemic, like a, a global pandemic. I don't think that this is something that you just sit there and wait out. I think you better make sure that 100% of the risks have been alleviated before you throw high school kids back out on the floor to play. I think that if you're the NBA, you better make sure that 100% of the risks have been alleviated before you throw players back out on the floor. I think the one thing that really startled the, the sports world is the fact that we learned that we, what we have learned when it comes to this is that the athletes, like we thought that we were protecting the fans. I think the scary thing about the coronavirus with sports is that this whole time we thought that all these rules were being created to protect the fans, and then reality slapped us in the face when we find out that, you know, Gobert with the Jazz and, you know, Donovan Mitchell and other, they're all like, oh, man, all these players are coming down with it. And then Kevin Durant has it. And then it's like, holy moly, that's that's probably the biggest name that has Tom Hanks, actually. Of everyone that has the, the coronavirus, Tom Hanks, I think, is yeah. like the biggest name that has it. Kevin Durant's probably a close second. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton, third. If I had to rank the name, Donovan Mitchell, four. If yeah. I had to rank the, the, the names of those who, I mean, it's a weird ranking, but you see what I'm saying. Like, when you rank, like... If those people aren't untouchable, we're not untouchable either. Exactly. But no, everyone keeps thinking that the keeping the large cloud, clouds, the large crowds from forming at these games, that that's what's protecting people. It's no longer just about the people in the stands; it's about the people on the floor. Exactly. And that's going to be the problem moving forward. Let's go to uh, Springboro, Dave. Dave, how are you, man? Hey, I'm good, man. I just like turned you guys on and heard uh, the big uproar. Um, about the NFL, I'm just trying to figure out why are people upset. I understand Sean Payton just tested positive, but what's the what's the uproar? I mean, the uproar um, was just because like the world's like in a weird place right now. Everyone's not in a good mental place with not knowing what's going on with the coronavirus, and yet all you're hearing in sports talk is, "Oh man, another guy signs a million dollar contract," which, by the way, bothers me zero. Like I have no. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But, yeah, uh, you're exactly right. That's the part that's cracking me up is. What are you mad about? It's not like, um, it's not like the, the, I mean, the teams can do whatever they want, sign whoever they want. Obviously, they're going to have to pass physicals, but that has nothing to do with the coronavirus. I mean, this is, at least it's a break from everything that we've had to sit and watch for, for the last couple of weeks on TV. Um, at least it's some sports movement, you know? And, and 
everybody getting upset. Like I heard what you were talking about with basketball, but you know, I mean, in, in a week, in seven days, it's seven to ten days. Sean Payton's not going to have the coronavirus anymore. It's going to run its course. He's treating himself, and and he's not going to have it anymore. What are, what are employers telling everybody right now? You know, if you come in and you have symptoms, go home or stay home. Yeah, I'm, I'm not making I'm not making light of it at all. But if there right, was a time no. for Sean Payton to get it again, and and I hope everyone's reacting to it differently. He is elderly. I mean, I don't know what elderly is, but I mean he's older. Let me just put it that way. Um, you know, if he doesn't. You know, he could have a bad reaction to it. We don't know. But the point is is that right now it's easy for an NFL coach to quarantine themselves because they're not even close to being in season. They're not meeting with anyone or having to hold practices. So I think right now if there is a time to have it, an ideal time to get it, if there is such a thing, now is the time. It's not like he's around players or running practices or at games. So my thing is I'm just concerned that we may not see live sports for the rest of 2020. That is my concern because it's not about the fans getting it. It's about the players, and the players are going to continue to pass it to one another. And there's no vaccine for this right now. That that's my concern for live sports the rest of the year, not just you know when is baseball going to start and when is the NBA going to resume. Right. No. And I, and I see your point. It's just like I said. I, I I turned on the radio and I heard I heard you talking about people are upset at the NFL because these guys are signing contracts and everything. Who cares? It doesn't affect anybody. Everything can be done over the phone. It's not like if the if the Buccaneers signed Tom Brady. It's not like. They didn't know he was good, and they're rolling the dice and taking a chance. All this stuff is, like, completely irrelevant for for the virus, you know? I mean, it's just, uh, it, it, it cracks me up what people want to complain about. But I do, I do kind of agree with you. It would be nice to know if all the players in the NBA are being tested to see if they have it. Um, and then what happens, you know, they could be tested today and they don't have it. And next week, are they going to retest them to make sure they still don't have it? Because... Who knows how quick this stuff settles in? Um, because that's, I mean, so, we, we're limited on, I mean, supposedly, we are limited on tests. And if we're limited on tests, the tests are supposed to be only used for those who are showing the most severe symptoms of it, then to right. me, I'm very, I'm bothered tremendously. And I don't get bothered easily, but I, I, I'm ve- I would be very upset at this if I find out that millionaire athletes are being tested just because they're millionaires and they're showing no symptoms. But we got to make sure that, you know, by rubbing elbows with Donovan Mitchell, that he didn't catch it from him, even though he's showing no symptoms. But yet you have people over here who are showing severe symptoms and they don't have access to a test. Then all of a right. sudden, that, that the, the crash of us common folk with the millionaire athletes, then I will take it there at that point because I think that is a problem. Right, and you know, and I agree with you, and, and I mean, currently, and it, as of yesterday morning, the only place that you or me could go get tested was in the UD parking arena. lot at UD Arena, and yeah, you had to have uh, a physician's prescription or order, uh, is what we're, is what, is what we're asking for, but, but a prescription, basically, uh, to get to get tested for it, and it's taken four to seven days to get those results back, so, um, and, and, and to be honest with you, like I said, a lot of employers... Um, I'm, I'm asking, you know, my, my people, if, if they feel, we're, we take temperatures, but I work in healthcare, but we're taking temperatures of people that when they come in in the morning and then we're taking them again after lunch and anybody who gets over 100.4, which is what the, the fever is actually considered, we send them home. Um, but if someone was to call us up and say, Hey, I got a headache or I, you know, I've got the chest congestion or I feel like I got a fever, we're telling them to just stay home. Um, and so, you know, with these numbers that are flying out there, we don't know what the actual number of people that actually have it are. And I don't think we ever will. You know, they'll say, oh, we've got 7,000 or whatever the number was confirmed cases. Well, that's just through the test. And there's not enough tests out there to figure out 
and we're never going to know how many people actually end up with it. The only thing we'll know for sure, the one, the one definitive number that we'll have will be how many deaths we have um, from the coronavirus because that you can tell. But if, if you have the coronavirus right now and you just stay home because you just think you're sick and let's say it runs its course in a few days, you'll be in an unconfirmed case. We'll never know about that. No, absolutely, man. Hey, thanks, Dave. I, pr- I appreciate you calling in and hanging out for a bit, man. You take care and have a great week. You too. All right, four five seven nine four six four. But yeah, that's uh, Sean Payton. That's the first NFL name that uh, we've come across uh, that has been test that has tested positive for the coronavirus. The NBA. I mean, Kevin Durant. I don't think we got a, a chance to initially react to that the other day because with so much going on this week. But that's a I shouldn't say it's a big deal. It's a big deal, of course. It's a big deal if a no name mm-hmm. person gets it. But I think what's interesting about a guy like Kevin Durant getting it is the fact that that's Kevin Durant. Like. Things don't, aren't supposed to happen to guys like that, right? Yeah, like, we think they're untouchable. Yeah. So that's what is interesting about this. But like I said, when the Nets have four players test positive, there's other players on that team that I'm sure were tested that weren't showing results or weren't showing symptoms. That's that's weird to me. I have an issue with that. I, I do. I, I really do. And I think that now because Sean Payton has it, I mean, I don't know what a roster looks like right now for the Saints. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, because it's an unofficial roster. But does that mean everyone on the rosters and any everyone in the building is going to be tested now just because they are associated with the Saints because that organization has money to to pay for it all? You bet your ass. That's yeah, that's going to happen. happen. That's what's going. What about a college? I'm curious. Like, I'm curious how that would work at a college. Like, let's say UD was able to participate in the NCAA tournament and they came across someone, you know, across a team that had a player that tested positive for it. Would all of a sudden UD players all have access to those tests, whether they're showing symptoms or not? They may not be millionaires, but I would still I be pissed say, off. They I'd still would. be pretty pissed off about it. I think they would have Wright access. Wright State, Sinclair, anybody, I don't care. If an entire roster of a team is getting tests that aren't showing symptoms, that's that's an issue to me. Especially when the rule is now that you have to show symptoms to be able to get mm-hmm. the test. Anyways, rant over on that. We'll keep uh, an eye on that situation, on how that unfolds. But, all right, now I'll have a chance to be able to talk about the Browns coming up. We'll also talk about that. Yeah, it's, by the way, I'm being serious about the NBA thing. If so a scale 1 to 10, I'd say on uh, whether or not I believe that the season will resume in June or July, I'd say a 2. I don't yeah. think we see NBA the rest of the year. I really don't. It's, no, it's getting rough. More NBA players keep coming, you know, testing positive for it. It's, I, I don't know. And there's not even games going on right now. All right, we'll be back in a moment. More of the Kenner. Oh, uh-oh. More of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, no, oh. Forget it. It's, it's, more of the Kenner and Summer Show when we come back. <laughs> Just Serta Pro Painters yeah, for going on three years too. now, and once again, they did not disappoint. Coming into the springtime, Nora already had a honeydew list for me that was a mile long. Painting the bathroom and the kitchen were right there at the top. Well, I'm pretty lazy, and I didn't want to do it myself, so I called Serta Pro Painters for the free and easy estimate. From the time of the initial estimate to the final drop of paint on the walls, I had my painting projects completely finished in less than a week. Now Nora wants me to paint the exterior of her home this summer. I told her I would take care of it, and I will, by calling Serta Pro Painters once again. Cross your spring and summer painting projects off of your to-do list by giving Serta Pro Painters a call. They do everything, interior, exterior, commercial, residential. Each Serta Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated right here in our very own community. Whether it's commercial or residential, schedule your free estimate online at SertaPro.com or give them a call at 800-GO-CERTA. With the C, Serta Pro Painters, we do painting, you do life. Cool. 
I'm Terry Krupp of Laird's Tax and Accounting, serving this area's tax and accounting needs for over 80 years. Tax season is here. We invite you to discover how we can make your tax filing experience easier. Our professional staff assures your return is accurate with the maximum use of legitimate deductions. Since our founding, we have been trusted because of our knowledge of the tax code and for standing behind your return if the IRS calls. Contact us at 325-6571, information at LairdsTax.com. earlier released Todd Gurley, and now, Brandon, you're saying the, the Panthers might release Cam Newton. Yep, because they're saying um, that the Panthers are having trouble trying to trade him, so there's uh, noise coming from his camp that he might be released pretty soon. So right now on the market, you could potentially have a Cam Newton-Gurley quarterback-running back combo out there. It's possible. If you're a team after, like, I think the Bears screwed up. Like, how much better is Nick Foles than even Trubisky? Trubisky yeah. Like, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, I, I, I know Trubisky's not it, obviously. Mm-hmm. They've been, I mean, that's a winner last year when, when Zeke got that money. And Zeke had a bad year last year. Gurley had a bad year last mm-hmm. year. Gurley just gets released. Mixon went from sitting there thinking, oh, man, I got some good money coming my way, but the Bengals here are going to be asking for it. I think that Gurley and Zeke, with the Zeke's performance last year, I think I honestly knocked down the value of Mixon. Um, I, I, to be honest, we're right back at we've replenished the NFL with very talented running backs left and right. And, again, when we look at how much money Zeke made, Zeke had a very good year last year, but not for a guy His that standards. made that much money. Right. Gurley, well, Gurley was bad last year, but Gurley makes way too much money. So, like, Mixon's really good right now because... You know, he's on a rookie deal, and that's wrapping up. I think this is his, what, third, fourth Third year? season. I don't know. That's interesting to me. Yeah. But, like, Mixon wants his money. But I'm telling you, Gurley getting released, that I mean, that was, that was a big contract. Zeke, a big contract. And I don't expect Zeke to have another bad year, but mm-hmm. Zeke did not have a good year. I believe that that has knocked down the value of Mixon, not from a value, not from not being valuable to the Bengals from a talent perspective, but if Mixon's going to demand that type of money. I mean, look at Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's a free agent, too, right now. He didn't get a deal. <laughs> like, and that's why the Bengals, I hope, as good as Mixon is, and I, I do like Mixon. I, I know he had, you know, rough past when it comes mm-hmm. to decisions off the field, but I, I'm a Mixon fan. I was actually very happy when the Bengals drafted, drafted him. him. Not, I, I didn't like the stuff he did off the field, but I thought that that was a... he would. I think that was the same year Leonard Fournette came off, right? I can't remember. What big name back? He like they were saying. I remember that draft that year because they were saying Mixon would have been, Mixon would have been the first running back taken off the board that year if he didn't have that cloud following him around. I believe that was Fournette's year that he came out too. I think they both came out the same year. Yeah, because uh, obviously you know the Jaguars got him. The Jaguars were three and thirteen that year, and they were, I think, like a quarter away from beating the Patriots to get to the the Super Bowl. It was Fournette, right? Yeah, it was That's both in twenty seventeen for both. So, and I remember that draft because everyone said the Bengals, you know, if you if you take away the negativity surrounding the you know the person, that they got a steal of a talent because he would have been the first running back taken off the board had he not had those off the field issues. So, with that being said, I've always been a Mixon fan from a talent perspective on the field. But if he's going to start pushing for that dough next year, I'm looking at guys like Gurley. I'm looking at guys like Zeke, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon swung and missed. He never got the money he was looking for. So that, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be. A off-season note for the Bengals next year, and you could start hearing rumblings in the middle of the year too, especially if Mixon has a good year. 
And you want Mixon to have a good year. The yeah. better your Mixon has, the better it is for Joe. Yep. So, all right. We'll be back in hour three. Coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Have you seen the new cyber threat warning about the conversation hack? Hijacking? Totally. Cyber criminals are using email account takeover and brand impersonation to insert themselves into email conversations and steal money from businesses. Right. That's why I tell my clients about Bar Barracuda. Same here. They use artificial intelligence to detect and block sophisticated attacks, including account takeover and brand impersonation. Man, I guess you did see it. Don't become a victim. Protect your business at Barracuda.com. Barracuda. Your journey secured. Legacies are built step-by-step, mile-by-mile. Through this movement, new possibilities are born. After the late nights and early practices, past the winding roads and unexpected detours, through the rest stops and timeouts, new lanes begin to open up. And that's when the world starts to take note. Because movement builds on itself and makes discovery inevitable. At Goodyear, we believe movement drives possibility beyond the ordinary. And that's where legacies begin. Goodyear. More driven. Most people don't like doing taxes, but H&R Block Tax Pros love it. And with an average of 10 years' experience, they know how to get your maximum refund. So walk in or make an appointment today. All right, and we are off and rolling. Hour 3, Justin Kinner with you here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM and streaming live at wingam.com. For those of you who have Alexa devices, take advantage of that. I know a lot of you are working from home or are unfortunately stuck at home during these tough times, so that's another way that you could take advantage of being able to listen to the station. All you got to do is say, hey Alexa, launch ESPN Dayton. And that's a perfect way to tune into the show from 3 to 6 if you're not on the radio. Alright, again, happy Thursday. Off and rolling. A lot to get into as we close it out here. So, I found this interesting. We were talking earlier about the AFC North and how when you look at what's happening right now, you look at the what, the way as uh, you look at how aggressive the Bengals have been from a free agent standpoint. Like to me, the moves that they're making now, these are not moves being made by a team that's saying, "Hey, we're just going to draft a quarterback and take it easy for his first year." These are moves that are being made that in a sport where you can turn things around pretty quickly. I think that the Bengals, I still think need one or two more legit moves that don't include drafting Burrow. But I think that they're a lot closer than even critics like me give them credit for. I really mean that. However, I also think that the division they play in is a lot tougher than many people want to give it credit for. I know it was not good last year. You had the Baltimore Ravens and a very, very bad Bengals team, uh, a you know a injury-plagued Steelers team, and a underachieving Browns team. So it was a very bad division last year. Now, pretty much... A lot of the team's rosters are still intact coming back this year. You're going to have a healthy, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, you think. All right, but you have big Ben Roethlisberger, but you don't have Antonio Brown. You don't have Le'Veon Bell. You don't really have that explosive offense that the Steelers had the last time he was available on the field. Now, at that time, they didn't have Antonio Brown, uh, but they did have Le'Veon Bell. But it's not the same 
Steelers team from that perspective, but when you have Big Ben, you feel like anything's possible. They're very well coached, great organization, uh, and you saw how competitive they were last year, even with the third string quarterback. I mean, the, they Duck Hodges and those guys. I mean, that's second and third string quarterbacks, and they still just barely missed the playoffs last year. They would have been a bad team in the playoffs, and with right now the you know more wildcard teams being led into the playoffs, clearly they most likely would have been a playoff team in this year's format. But the bottom line is, is that the Steelers are going to be much improved. The, the Browns are definitely much improved, at least on paper. Yes, I know. I learned my lesson last year. But at the same time, every time I see a roster with that type of talent on it, I'm always going to bank on it because I think you're a fool not to bank on talent. And if you don't believe me, then let's watch how you Bengal fans flip-flop and all of a sudden start singing the praises of the Bengals because how are you not as guilty as I am for falling in love with a paper roster at this point, folks? Like, that's what this game is. That's what being a fan is. It's when you watch your team go out, be aggressive, add uh, free agents, make moves to improve the roster, you get excited. Browns fans get ripped for it. Bengals fans, you know, you're going to do it and act like there's nothing wrong with it. And I'm not going to criticize you for it. I'm just going to point out the hypocrisy. But I do believe that the Browns and Bengals have done a tremendous job here in free agency. I wish the Bengals would be more aggressive in attacking the offensive line, but I love what they did to fine-tune that defense, which the defense has been historically bad the last two years. Really bad the last five, significantly and historically bad the last two. But I like, you know, you go out and you get DJ Reader, you add to that defensive line, all right, you, you upgrade it in your secondary, you lose Denard, but you're able to add some pieces to kind of be able to make up for it again. Mackenzie Alexander from the Vikings, Trey Waynes from the Vikings. You like the Vikings, apparently. I'm not a big fan of Alexander, but I think Alexander is still an upgrade from what you guys have had uh, in the past. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on as well. You add a guy and that, that Philo guy, whatever, that's going to, again, replace John Miller. He's going to compete with Michael Jordan, who's still a question mark. I mean, there's there's a lot of question marks on that offensive line. You have Jonah Williams coming back. I don't care if you're excited about that. That's still a question mark. I mean, that offensive line. So if I have any criticism at all for the Cincinnati Bengals, it is that they were not aggressive in free agency to this point in trying to fine-tune that offensive line. I'm not a fan of when you draft a rookie quarterback trying to protect him with a rookie offensive line. I'm not okay with that. But again, I'm not trying to harp on the Bengals. I'm actually very impressed with the fact that they, the front office all of a sudden opened up the wallet a little bit. And for players not on their roster. Very funny. I've always thought that the Reds and the Bengals have always reflected one another from a front office standpoint. I thought that they were very similar in how their rosters were made up in regards to and how their coaching you know, staff was set up. What I mean is, is, like you looked at Marvin and you look at Dusty Baker, both were two guys that came into bad situations that all of a sudden turned both teams into playoff teams. And then both, you know, manager Dusty Baker, head coach Marvin Lewis, both were ultimately ran out of town because making the playoffs was no longer good enough. It was about winning in the playoffs. Dusty got you know booted very early in that frustration process. Obviously, Marvin hung around probably five years longer than he. I, I, that's not fair. He's 16 years, I'd say, probably three years. I believe you know after making that playoff of the fifth straight year, I get people were frustrated that he should have been canned for not winning. But I don't think you fire someone for an organization like Cincinnati to get you to the playoffs. That's a big deal. I still think because he had that sustained success, it bought him realistically another two years he should have been gone after that second year past the playoffs but that's a conversation for later but you look at the reds this year they unleash as far as their aggressiveness is concerned in the free agent market and now all of a sudden the Bengals are doing it very interesting how they kind of reflect one another but real quick back to the afc north 
it's a division that's very interesting this year. You have the MVP and Lamar Jackson. You have the two, you know, back-to-back AFC AFC North division-winning Baltimore Ravens uh, to kind of headline everything. Big Ben coming back. You have the Browns who just reloaded again on offense, back-to-back off seasons where they have given Baker Mayfield every weapon imaginable. If he does not succeed this year, I will look at every one of you Bengals fans and say I was wrong. I will tell you that you were right, and I will tell you that I know nothing about sports. Now you probably know that I know nothing about sports, but at least you'll be able to hear me confirm. Okay, that's the deal that we have going on. I'm confident that Baker is going to lead the Browns to the playoffs this year. But if he screws up, I will look as dumb as anyone else because there's no excuse. If he is who I say he is, there is no excuse why you cannot win with Austin Hooper, with OBJ, with Jarvis Landry, with Nick Chubb, with Kareem Hunt. And you add Conklin to the offensive line. I mean, seriously, folks, there is no excuse. Baker Mayfield has zero excuses. I will be very critical of Baker Mayfield this year. I have made excuses. I didn't make excuses for him the first year. He was tremendous the first year. He was bad last year. No excuses. I made some. I think Freddie Kitchens had a lot to do with it. But I will not make excuses for it here in 2020. All right? That's just the, the, real, the bottom line. But here's where I think the AFC North can get better. The Pittsburgh Steelers have Big Ben coming back, but you got to ask yourself, is Big Ben, you know, they're at that, they are at that position where the Patriots found themselves in a few years ago, where it's like, okay, we know we have a little bit left in the tank from Tom Brady, but should we really look at Garoppolo? They traded Garoppolo. Now, the Steelers don't have a Garoppolo, but they might have another quarterback that could be available here at any second that many people, including me, thought that if Big Ben didn't work out moving forward, that this individual made a lot of sense in Pittsburgh, and that's Cam Newton. I said earlier, and by the way, I do think Todd Gurley most likely, Nick, when he called in earlier, I said, Todd Gurley, you're right, is most likely going to end up with Tom Brady with the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. But don't be surprised if the Steelers are able to put an interesting pitch together to be able to get Todd Gurley to go to Pittsburgh. And if you get Gurley with Big Ben, I like that. There's, There's a very talented receiving core in this draft coming up. I think that the Steelers can make a splash right away. But if they are not confident in Big Ben... Don't be surprised if Cam Newton becomes an option. It's very unlikely, but it's an option that I have always thought that Cam Newton made a lot of sense. He's very similar to Big Ben in regards to size, a big body. All right, you know, they're very similar in their style. It's probably not going to happen if Big Ben is is healthy the way that they say. But, I mean, he looked like a lineman in the offseason. I mean, he, he did not look good. So who knows? Whatever the we'll, – that'll be determined. But Cam Newton being available – there's not a lot of teams that make sense right now outside of Pittsburgh, even though they do have a quarterback in Big Ben. But I think that Cam Newton and Gurley, if you have those two available at one time, I'm trying to think of a team out there that makes sense. But the Washington Redskins make a ton of credit as well. I don't want to see Dwayne Haskins get budged, you know, pushed out of the way. But if you're the Washington Redskins, do you all of a sudden think, man, all right, I know we have uh, they bring in Adrian Peterson back again, correct? Is that? Yep. Yep. So, oh, my bad. I had your mic off. But, yeah, they, he's coming back. Well, I said goodbye to him, too. Bring in Gurley and Cam as a package. The Redskins mm. better like that. Like Instantly. that. It, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at You have Cam Newton and Gurley available at the same time, most likely, if the Panthers, if the reports are true that they're going to release him. If I'm a team out there, I'm trying to think. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. The AFC North, Pittsburgh, I think, really could use Gurley. I think they could. I would love to see them get Gurley. I think that that would really enhance them and enhance that division. I'm trying to think of who would make sense to go out and get both Cam and Gurley at the same time. That It would just make them very interesting right off the bat. I will say Jacksonville, but they have Fournette. Maybe you don't need Gurley, but you need a quarterback, Cam Newton. Maybe yeah. that's why they got rid of Foles. We're talking about them drafting somebody. You still have Garner Minshew. I mean, we could see Cam Newton heading to Jacksonville. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I could see that. What about the Dolphins? 
You have all those draft picks. What if you sign Gurley, you sign Cam Newton, and then you use all those draft picks to make sure you put weapons around him and on the defense? They have a ton. I think the last time I checked, like 13 or 14 draft picks total. That's a good fit. And they made a lot of moves this offseason. Got Byron Jones. Got some other guys. I'm telling you, the Dolphins. Jordan be, Howard. And that division. No Tom Brady. No Brady. If, if there's a time to strike, it's now. Yeah, it'll be t- it'll be in between them and Buffalo, I think. So if the Dolphins went out and got Cam. They would be better right away. A healthy Cam. Healthy, healthy Cam. Cam. Yeah, that, that's the key. But if you're the Miami Dolphins, I'd kick the tires on that idea. You, I mean, right now, there's never been a better time to be aggressive than now if you're the Dolphins. Because you at first, with Tom Brady in New England, you're like, well, I'll just take my time. We have all these draft picks. I'll just rebuild mm-hmm. that way. And we'll go for that. But, man, that would be interesting. Let's go to the, let's go to John and Kettering. John, welcome. How are you, man? Good, man. How are you doing today? Good. Good. Hey, uh, I, I tell you, I think the best signing for the for the uh, uh, Browns in that uh, pick was that, uh, that tackle. No, so, uh, Conklin? Yeah, Conklin. I got to tell you, I think they're going to be okay. I think the Browns are going to be okay. Although I said it, you know, last year, and uh, look where it got me. So, well, we you know. knew, especially with the fact that they moved on. I mean, look, they had to weaken that offensive line last year to be able to get OBJ. But adding yeah. Conklin this year, and you have Treader, and you have Betonio, and those guys, like, they're in good shape. I, I think the Browns' offensive line, like, could you use another upgrade? Possibly. But I, I honestly think they're okay. And, man, he has no excuse. Baker has no excuse. He has weapons galore. I, I'm really pumped to, to see what that offense can do. I'm more excited about this year than last year because I think they're more complete offensively. You're going to have uh, Kareem Hunt right away. Uh, you're going to have a whole offseason where Stefanski is going to be able to come up with a scheme to be able to use Chubb and, and, and Hunt at the same time. It's going to be – I'm excited. I really am. But defensively, that's where I'm nervous for the Browns. I, I, it's funny the similarities between the Browns and Bengals at this point. Yeah, yeah, and uh, frank- frankly, you know, with the with the Bengals, they're going to have their their quarterback in the future, and that's okay. I mean, they're going to take a few years, you know, to figure it out, and I, I think they'll be okay in a you know a few years. And I-, I give them some growing pains, but I think the Browns, you know, if if next year is not now, then I think they need you know some rebuilding time with their quarterback. I think that's what they need to do. For and, what? Uh, Repeat that last point. Well, I, I think what they need to do is say, Baker, you're out of here if, uh, you know, he doesn't work out, you know, this year. Uh, and I, I asked, uh, who do I have on the, oh, Jake uh, Trotter from mm-hmm. ESPN, Browns beat writer from ESPN. I said, look, I, I thought the, usually you don't see, and correct me if I'm wrong, John, but usually when you see, like, backup quarterbacks be signed by teams, it's rare to see, like, more than a two-year deal, right? Like, I thought it was interesting that the Browns signed Case Keenum to a three-year, $18 million deal with $10 million being guaranteed. That's a lot right. of stock they put into that, and I think it, it honestly lines up, the timeline lines up perfectly where, hey, you have Keenum as a backup for two years, but if Baker doesn't develop this year or next year, they have Keenum for that third year and that, that transition process for a quarterback. So, I think Keenum is a part of the backup plan if Baker does not pan out. Yeah, but I have a feeling he'll be okay. I mean, even if he's just a serviceable starter, I think I think the Browns will be fine. They got plenty of weapons, and uh, you know they'll be they'll be fine. They have a legit offensive scheme. I mean, you heard Jarvis. I don't know if you heard this from the Jarvis Landry interview where he said, "Look." You know, they, they felt confident going into games for the first 15 plays, that Freddie Kitchens was very good at putting a package together, that they were very confident in heading in. But he said once they would get through those 15 plays, 
it's like Freddie never adapted. He never had a plan after that. And to be honest, when you think about it, that makes sense because the more the games would go on, or the more the game would go on, the more lost they looked. And I think that was a reflection of the coach Stefanski. He wasn't my first choice as who I wanted as head coach, but I think that any legit coach like him is going to be an immediate upgrade for this team in gluing these guys together next year. Yep. All right. Well, you guys take care and uh, be safe out there. All right. You too, John. Take care. You as well. Yep. All right. Bye. All right, four five seven nine four six four. But yeah, that's something to keep an eye on uh, as far as you know, with the reports coming out about Cam Newton, about the Panthers potentially having to release him. I, I don't even know if they're handling that correctly at all to begin with. I'm curious, Cam Newton, like what is left of Cam Newton, former MVP, led his team to a Super Bowl. Now I know that both of those all came in the same year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I was on record in the past, and I'm past this now. This isn't gonna. I don't. I don't want to see this anymore. But there was a conversation a while back about, hey, look, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals and you have a chance to get Cam Newton and you do keep AJ Green, you have Cam Newton and Mixon and AJ Green and Boyd, and that's that sounds pretty exciting. Um, but there is a lot of hesitation when it comes to Cam because how much of his dip came to injury and how much of it was just because. You know, he maybe was he had one really, really good year and a lot of average years after that. Yeah, and I think a lot of teams aren't quick to jump to Cam because nobody's sure what Cam we're going to get on the field. Of course, we like to think that we can get something close to the 2015 MVP Super Bowl trip version of Cam, but we don't know. the show, And it's on a, is it on his throwing shoulder or is it the other one? I think it's the other one. Okay, okay, but yeah, still, you know, shoulder injuries for a quarterback are a big deal. So I, I see why teams are a little hesitant, but still, that's, that's Cam Newton. I, if I'm somebody, he's going to get a chance, but if I'm somebody who's maybe a piece away, I'll take him. Yeah, and that's an, especially because it's interesting that you have Gurley and Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. And my thinking is if you're a team that's just kind of like a team on the fritz a little bit that's just so close. I mean, what about the Detroit Lions? What if you're the Lions? I mean, hell, I've said the Bears. I don't. I mean, who's the Bears running back? Uh, oh, it's driving uh, Tyree Cohen? I mean, that's it? You can upgrade. You need I'd, get, I'd, I'd take Gurley. If you're, that's why I'm like, if I'm the Bears, I'm looking at them. I'm like, that's kind of dumb on their part to uh, jump the gun on Nick Foles like that because I think that they could have, honestly, if Cam Newton's available, if you could bring in Cam Newton and Gurley to the Bears, that's huge with that defense. If again Cam's healthy, you look at the Lions. That's another interesting landing spot right there. Hell, I'm looking at the Falcons right now, who's re- they're rebuilding. I think and they have Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're looking to move on from him right now, but th- they're. They're moving more pieces than bringing in. Um, you know, the Titans are good. Jacksonville. I'm just looking through the places that make the most sense for a Cam Newton Gurley pairing. The Chargers, no. The Raiders, no. The Chiefs, oh yeah, they definitely need to upgrade a quarterback. Their quarterback's not that good. What's his name? Uh, uh, oh yeah, you know the MVP, the yeah, Super, Super Bowl, Bowl MVP. MVP. Okay, you know, that guy, yeah, he's pretty okay. good. Denver, Denver loves their backs, man. Philip Lindsay's nice. They have a back there already, but they, I mean, you could. Why not add another one? I just think it's funny, though, because I do believe Gurley is the running back version of Cam Newton. Super talented, but they also have had injuries. just as bad a years and injuries, mm-hmm. and you don't know what you're getting. Jerry, what's up, man? Hey, I think you're going to see Gurley in Buffalo. But um, I-, I was calling in to give you a scouting report on your new safety sign from us, Mr. Carl Joseph. He's so he's a bum. Um, I wouldn't say a bum. Here, here's what I will say. Four interceptions um, in four years. He's averaging one a year. He's a bum. Right, no, just bear with me. Here. I will. So, I'm just giving you a hard time. No, I on. know. It, it is what it is. Your team signed him, so, I mean, you know. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, you know, anyway, so he was drafted 17. He, he hasn't lived up to that bill. 
I will say, here's his strength. You guys, your secondary was maybe the worst tackling secondary I've ever seen. I mean, you guys were arm tackling. You guys, your secondary didn't look like you wanted to tackle anybody. You will not have that problem with Carl Joseph. Carl Joseph will rattle people's teeth when he hits them. In fact, one of his downfalls is he's been a little injury prone, but that's because he is like a kamikaze in run support, man. He will literally, you will not, he will not be missing tackles. I'll say that. And his pass defense, the reason we didn't uh, take his fifth-year option as a first-rounder is because he had struggled in pass defense big time his first three years. Last year, he actually got better. His last two games against the Lions and the Chargers, he ended both of those games by making game-saving interceptions. So he's been getting better in the past game. The reason we let him go is he broke his foot. Um, look, if he can continue to improve in the past game and can stay healthy, you'll have a diamond in the rough with him. Because like I said, my man likes to hit people, and he likes to hit them hard. No, so, I just I feel like when you and, – uh, and, and that's fine. I mean, everyone's going to have – one strike, you know, their weak- strengths and weaknesses. I get that, but I feel like when right. you have a pass rush like Miles Garrett, you they don't what the Browns struggle with, and this is why I don't like the addition of Carl Joseph. They mainly did it because they needed a veteran with that young group. I get it, but like when you have a pass rush like Miles Garrett, like it would be nice to have some playmaking secondary guys, and they do not have that. That's why I always keep pointing out the the comparison between them and the Bengals. But the problem is the Bengals have actually improved their defense, and they you know if they screw around and actually pick up another good free agent or two, the Bengals could have a roster that is fairly even, maybe not as sexy as the Browns on offense, but fairly even with the Browns if the Browns aren't careful. Well, I've been, I've been saying that, you know, the Bengals could be a, a team that does a quick uh, turnaround if, you know, if the signings all pan out. But, um, but yeah, Joseph, he's been getting better. This year was by far his best year as a pass defender. And, I mean, it's not even close. Now, he wasn't, still wasn't great. But at least he wasn't a liability back there this year. And like I said, the last two games, go go watch the plays. Uh, Detroit, he snags an interception uh, against a tight end who's six inches taller than him. So I don't know how he got to that ball, but he did. Picked it off and saved the game. And then against the Chargers, same thing. He makes an interception. Now, it was kind of a duck pass, but he picked it off to save the game. And, you know, that's where he got hurt on that play. But, um so as far so he's getting better in the past, but man, as a run supporter, woo, look out! I'm telling you, he can hit. So um, he, he might be a signing that look it, that ends up being better than it looks on paper. Is my point. That's the one. They signed him to a one-year deal. I think it's a safe deal. If they end up liking him, they can extend him. If not, they're not married to him long, and they didn't give him a big chunk of change. So right, uh, you know, right. So. I think he I think he might be a sneaky addition to help your defense. Honestly, I, I really do. Um, so, and I like the, the, some of the other moves you guys have made too. So, you know, and of course, I'm I'm ecstatic with some of the moves we've made. So, I think it's been an interesting off season. Thank God. You know, a lot of people were complaining about the fact that they were doing all this off season activity. I thank God they have been. It's given us something to talk about besides the stupid coronavirus. No, so. I mean no, absolutely. 
And that's where, I mean, the timing of the NFL free agency could not have come at a better time. That's why those who are upset of the timing of the NFL free agency, I'm like, stop. From a sports radio perspective, do not scare it away. Let it keep going. So. Well, just from a sports fan <laughs> perspective, I think, you know, it just it gives us something to focus on besides, oh, my God, we got another 1,000 virus cases. So. Well, this, this year's free agency for the NFL, usually free agency for the NFL, there's one or two moving pieces that are the most interesting, like, because of the quarterback dominoes, this is probably the biggest free agency in NFL that I can remember in quite some time. I can't remember another uh, more highly anticipated free agency period for the NFL than this one. And a lot of it has to do, yes, I would say that even without Tom Brady, and a lot of it has to do with because of the quarterback movement. This is probably the most talented, this is probably the most depth that the NFL has had at quarterback in quite some time. And I say the NFL because from top to bottom, there's not a lot of teams that desperately need a quarterback. A lot of teams are within their their project period now seeing who they have. So it's going to be interesting in the coming years. A lot of teams might be close to getting their guy, and there might not be a, a lot of available spots. So who knows? Right. Uh, I agree with you there, too. Um, you know, how, how long has it been since we've seen the quarterback carousel and with quarterback still not signed? So, you know, there you go. All right, Jerry. All right, guys, but, yeah, Gurley to Buffalo, watch. I said it first. Adios. Later. Actually, you know, Gurley to Buffalo would not be bad. I mean, you look at, you know, what the Bills have done. I just I, – I, they're going the extra mile with Josh Allen, and I don't remember – did you watch enough? I didn't watch enough of Josh Allen last year to really have a true idea. I mean, he got into the playoffs. I mean, that's all you can ask of a, you know, second-year quarterback. I mean, especially considering you look at that rookie class that came in with Darnold and Baker and everyone else. I mean, he's the first one. I believe him and Lamar mm-hmm. are the best two quarterbacks out of that draft as far as getting teams to the playoffs at this point. So He, he had an okay season. That Buffalo team was built on the defensive side of the ball, really. But he was more like a game manager, wasn't making too many mistakes. Kind of like like what Tannehill was in the playoffs was kind of what Josh Allen was all season for for Buffalo. Yeah, you, know, you got the Bills who just added uh, Stephon Diggs. Can you imagine if they do add a Gurley? That's quite the offseason. I saw something quite um, the off-season. from a reporter from upstate New York said there's also mutual interest with Melvin Gordon and the Bills. Melvin Gordon might make more sense for them from a financial standpoint. Mm-hmm. I will say this, too. This is uh, Lamar. He just wrote in on Facebook. He says, Gurley to Arizona. Ooh. You know what, though? If I, I like that a ton. That's one team I did not even think about. Um, I like that a lot, actually. Gurley to Arizona would make a ton of sense, especially when you look at they just bring in Hopkins, Hopkins a second-year quarterback. I, I love this. is why in, in the collective bargaining agreement, they were talking about trying to – they don't like the rookie. They don't like that – teams are taking advantage of the quarterbacks making minimal money and winning that way in that window. I think it's what makes the NFL interesting. It makes bad teams relevant right away. I don't like in the NBA like when the Pelicans draft Zion. It's like, well, you know, we'll find out in the next three to four years if this worked. In the NFL, you know in one or two. Yeah. I mean, the Browns knew with Baker, not that they had a... The Browns were able to really benefit from the buzz of Baker right off the bat. The Bengals are going to benefit greatly from the buzz of, obviously, Joe Burrow right off the bat. doesn't mean that they're going to make it, but I believe that they're, they're I mean, they give them a shot to win right off the bat. Because if you have a guy that could just come in and play average quarterback, they're in good shape because the money can go elsewhere on the defense and, and offensive line and whatnot. But I like Gurley to Arizona. That would make a ton of sense. I mean, yeah. That, that might be, besides the Steelers, the, that Murray, might be the best Hopkins, one I heard. Him. Uh, and then uh, Lamar also says, uh, Cam Newton to the Chargers. I said mm. the same thing. But didn't, I thought they just signed, uh, oh, who the hell the Chargers? That? The Chargers, I they, they didn't sign him. They had Tyrod Taylor, but they had him last year. Oh, yeah, go get Cam Newton. Yeah. Chargers, that's probably where he's getting up. L.A., 
That screams Cam. That fits Cam. He could dress like that in L.A. <laughs> yeah, all day. It won't stand out. Yeah, is what it is. All right, we'll pick up with your calls. Four five seven nine four six four reports that Cam Newton could potentially uh, just be released. The Rams released Gurley. You have Cam Newton and Todd Gurley. If you could pair them up and just send them to any team in the NFL, which team could desperately use that? Which team would desperately benefit from that tandem right there? It's interesting with the conversation. That one, though, was the most interesting one. of the, You're looking at the Cardinals with Kyler Murray, and they just acquired Hopkins. You have Fitzgerald, who was in year like 25. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, if you add Gurley into the mix, too. Um, yeah, but if you're the Chargers, go out and get Melvin. Or You're, gonna, you're moving on from Gordon, mm-hmm. but go get Gurley and go get Cam Newton. Go for it. They, I mean, they were trying to get Tom Brady. So you're not if you were trying to get Tom Brady, you're not getting Tom Brady to come in and not spend money. So clearly they were in a position to want to spend money to put a Super Bowl contender on the field. Otherwise they wouldn't even have tried to get a Tom Brady. So what's the difference if you get a Cam Newton and, and Gurley? And you're, Go not all gonna, in. you're not gonna have to pay them like max max salaries for their positions because both coming off of injuries and they both are well if Cam's released and they'll both be getting released. So their market value would won't be what it would be maybe Two or three years ago, so I can say I can see the charges going at both of them. Actually, all right, folks, we'll be back in a moment. Four five seven nine four six four. Your calls, your reaction next. You have standing water, a wet basement, or water in your heat ducts. Hi, this is Jeff Heil from Buckeye Landscaping and Ohio Irrigation and Drainage. At Ohio Irrigation, we have a solution to end your drainage problems. We provide a free custom design and estimate to meet the needs of your home and keep you worry-free when it rains. Call Buckeye Landscaping, Ohio Irrigation, four three two nine. Or visit our website, BuckeyeInOhio.com. That's 432-9911. Stop worrying. Call for a free estimate today. Living in Denial, Ohio, it's really nice. Because when we hear about the opioid crisis, we know it's not going to happen here. It just feels safe and secure being in denial. There's like a peace of mind. Opioids? It doesn't happen here. No. My daughter is good friends. My boys would tell me anything. Exactly. that we're sitting here missing the most obvious answer for where Cam Newton and Todd Gurley could end up as a pair. Now, again, there's no reports out there of them going as a tandem or a pair, but I believe that if you are a team right now that is trying to strike while the iron is hot, now is the time to do it. I think that, and again, a lot of it's based on, you know, you're taking a chance with Cam Newton. Um, If I was a Browns fan... Okay, that sounded weird. If I'm a Browns... Like, if okay, as a Browns fan... If they didn't have Baker Mayfield and were looking for a quarterback, because it's easy just to start slinging Cam Newton all over the place, telling him where to go. Uh, but if I'm a Browns fan, I really would not mind Cam Newton being my quarterback if we didn't have a quarterback already. Like So when I was talking about the Bengals earlier, I was like, oh, you know, the Bengals, I could never figure out based on their roster, are they a rebuilding team or a team that's trying to win now? You have too many veterans to be a rebuilding team, mm-hmm. and you keep re-signing, extending the damn veterans. So you're not rebuilding. Um, so I, that's why I always said that, look, if Cam Newton was ever available, Cam Newton in Cincinnati was a no-brainer. But I, when you have the number one overall pick and you have a Joe Burrow available, I think on any other year, like if this was last year, I truly believe that if Cam Newton was available, Cincinnati would have made a ton of sense. Actually, Washington probably would have gone that route as opposed mm-hmm. to probably drafting Dwayne Haskins, who I think Dwayne Haskins has a lot of cap- – you know, I think he could be a, a Cam Newton-type player. But – we're missing one. And by the way, Eric, 
Heinrich on Twitter. I like this. I, you know, I didn't even think about this. We were trying to figure out what makes most sense, like which teams would benefit the most from a Cam Newton Gurley combo. Uh, now, some people are tweeting in like individual teams or like teams that would benefit from either one of their services. One that I didn't think about, Eric Heinrich, he tweets and he said, Gurley to the Chiefs would be a good fit. That'd be a great fit. Great fit. That'd be a great uh, I fit. I thought Ed Water was talking about that. Daz Bryant. Oh, so that's okay. Yeah, people have been Excellent. talking about that out there on Twitter. I think, and like you were saying before we went to the last break, Patrick Mahomes is still on that rookie, rookie contract, so they have the money it. to do it. Yeah. Now, here's what I'd rather, and Eric, no, I like that. And by the way, if you put, you know, if you're able to get Gurley over there with Patrick Mahomes in that offense and, you know, Andy Reid, good, I mean, holy moly, that's awesome. Now, Here's what I'd rather the Chiefs do. I'd rather them draft J.K. Dobbins. uh, J.K. Dobbins, with that speed and explosiveness, I know that, like, look, I've watched J.K. Dobbins all year get overlooked and overlooked and overlooked. You have ETN at Clemson. Obviously, you had, you know, uh, Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin. I mean, you had all these other guys that were getting all of the attention. J.K. Dobbins' numbers were better. Uh, I know they weren't. He didn't have more yards or touchdowns than, than Taylor. I did make the argument that Taylor... I do believe at the time I did believe that Taylor deserved more of the awards and attention than uh, Dobbins, mainly because when you started looking at the percentage of yards and points that mm-hmm. he was responsible for, for Wisconsin compared to Dobbins for Ohio State, that's why I've always understood why you saw him get more attention than Dobbins. But that has nothing to do with skill and talent. Like that's a totally different conversation. J.K. Dobbins. In one mock draft, I believe, a while back, I did see the Chiefs taking him, and I was like, oh, that's excellent. That's, per- that's like a perfect fit for Dobbins. And here's why I think it's a better fit for the Chiefs to go after a Dobbins in the draft than Gurley, although Gurley would make them instant you know, Super Bowl contenders, not contenders, Again. but a chance to repeat as Super Bowl <laughs> right. champions. I, and I think they could do it even without him, to be honest. Mm-hmm. They did it last year. And I would love Gurley with the Chiefs, but I do think it would make more financial and business sense if the Chiefs would go on to draft a J.K. Dobbins because right now they're holding out on giving Patrick Mahomes that big dollar. All right, They're hoping that, hey, if we can get through one more offseason with you on your rookie contract, then we can go out and put, let's fill, I mean, we didn't have a lot of holes, but with the money that we have that we could take advantage of while you're on this rookie contract, we can go patch those holes. So you could use that money to bring in Gurley and overspend for a running back, or you could draft a running back, and when you do give Patrick Mahomes that money next year, now you have a running back on a rookie deal that's going to be very explosive for you right off the bat. So to me, Patrick Mahomes and J.K. Dobbins, I would like to see more than Patrick Mahomes and Gurley, although I still think both are going to end up in the same result, which is a potential repeat Super Bowl. So, who knows? But Eric, no, I like that idea. Not bad at all. Um, how about the Patriots? The what Patriots. About oh, 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 Cam and Gurley. Cam and Gurley Patriots. to the Patriots. That would be the totally a Patriots thing. Belichick, it, while the That would be Belichick's middle finger. Yeah, yeah while they're being quiet, not making any moves, and he goes and grabs that. Russell? That will set up Tom Brady and the Buccaneers against... Cam Newton, Gurley, and the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Can you imagine? Like, if there was a football god, that would—that's what's going to happen. In fact, that storyline. I like that storyline. I think that the Patriots. I look and, and oh man, Sonny Michelle's not bad either. Yeah. I don't mind it, but if you have a chance to get Gurley, if you're the Patriots, I say do it. There, there's a lot of uncertainty there. And I don't think that you could sit there and be cocky and say that we could just plug Andy Dalton in the mix and act like everything's going to be okay. Like, mm-hmm. I like Andy Dalton, and I actually think that he deserves a starting spot. I would love to see what he could do in New England. But now that this opportunity has presented itself, I would love to see the New England Patriots 
if the if the Panthers do release Cam Newton, Patriots need to go after Cam Newton, and they also need to go after Gurley, and that's a flex. If there's ever, I mean, if th- that's a flex, if I haven't seen one before, I mean, can you imagine that that would set up the Super Bowl of the New England Patriots with Cam Newton, who's been to a Super Bowl before and lost, and in Gurley, in Tampa, in, so, in, in Tampa, and then oh my God, and that would be amazing. And the, literally, that that's this genius. When I thought about the idea of Cam Newton going to the Patriots, it wasn't to set up the rematch, or it wasn't to set up a Super Bowl. But holy hell, man, that would be pretty damn cool. Man. That's so, what I want to see so of everything out there. I would like to see Cam Newton and Todd Gurley because that's the thing. Like, I can't believe that the Rams just released Gurley, by the way. Yeah. And I can't believe that there's talk of the Panthers just releasing Cam Newton. Like, this is why. I mean, I'll give the Bengals credit. I thought they were foolish for keeping AJ Green because I thought that there was no way that they were going to extend him. Um, I give him credit for having the balls to just do the franchise tag with him. And he did come out and say he was okay with it, so that's good. They, they avoid that potential thing there. But A.J. Green in the Bengals is like Cam Newton to the Panthers, and it's you know it's it's a lot of decisions that have to be made girly with the Rams. Like, what do you do? The Bengals ended up looking the best in how everything uh, you know panned out for them. But uh, I don't know how you just release Cam Newton. I don't get how you just release Gurley. Like you have to get something back for those. You two. have you can to get value, even if they're coming off maybe not their best season. Cam was injured last season. You're going to get some kind of value for that. Yeah, I that's unbelievable to me. So I'm sitting here. Yeah, I mean the Bears would make sense. Don't get me wrong. A Cam Gurley combo in Chicago, as we talked about, the Chargers would make sense. Um, Jacksonville would make sense. Actually, you couldn't get the combo there because you already have, uh, you know, a, a, you know, Fournette there. I think you know the Jets. You have Darnold and you have Le'Veon Bell. I think you're set there. The Dolphins and the Patriots. The Dolphins and the Patriots. Dolphins and Patriots. One. If you if I if they you think were, the Lions would be a good one. Yeah, but that, they're just—they're not going to be able to contend even with them, probably. But if, if Coach Patricia, man, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, he better—you know—he's coaching for his job. Yes, and he will not be a head. Co- he will not be. He will be fired at the end of next year. I guarantee you. If they go in with that roster, he will be fired at the end of next year. You're going in to be fired. You're not winning with that roster. So, at least this would give you a shot. But no, the, I'm telling you right now, the New England Patriots. If Cam Newton's released by the Panthers and Todd Gurley was just released by the Rams, I think that they go as a tandem. If, if I'm any team out there that's trying to instantly improve my team, I look at them as a tandem. I go after them both. The Patriots, that would be such a flex move on their part. They Looking at Tom Brady, okay, oh, Tom Brady, you know, we, we wish you the best. Thank you for everything, but screw you. We're getting Cam Newton and Todd Gurley, and we're, it's going to be a race to the Super Bowl. So both want to win without the other one. Tom Brady would love to win it and get he, he would love to get there and win it without Bill Belichick. Obviously, that's a given storyline. Bill Belichick wants to do it too. I don't think though that anyone is going to have confidence that Belichick will do, do it, it with at Andy this Dalton. point. Yeah. So tell me this: you segue right into the question I was going to ask. If that scenario does happen, the Patriots get Calm and Todd Gurley. Would there be pre- would it be more pressure on Belichick or Brady to win next year? Uh, Belichick, because Tom Brady, I think, is looked at like there was no pressure when Michael Jordan went to the Wizards. Sorry, right. um, I think. In fact, I think that could be one reason why Tom Brady did leave the Patriots because I think anywhere he went after this, even if this roster loads him up, like I don't think there's pressure on Tom. Tom Brady is playing with house money. If he doesn't perform well next year, his old ass is forty two. Going to talk about He's, as far as his career. But no, what I mean is like he's forty three. All he oh, yeah. all he has to do is wave the hey, I'm forty three years old. <laughs> of course, I'm not playing well. And if he plays well, then it's oh my god, a forty three year old Tom Brady is in the Super Bowl again. If you're Bill Belichick, you know there's pressure on if you get Cam Newton and Gurley, or if you just get Cam Newton, you have pressure to win right away because you could argue that Cam Newton healthy is 
better than a lot is more talented than Tom Brady right, right now. now. Okay. Yeah. Because talented and better are two different things. Two different things, yeah. Like, I don't know. When people ask who in the league, how many people in the league are better than Tom Brady, I'm hesitant to answer that. But I know there's a lot more quarterbacks that are more talented than Tom Brady. You see what I mean? Yeah, like, I that's why I, I will never say, oh, Dak Prescott or Tom Brady, who's, who's better? I think Dak has a little bit more skill right now, but he's not better. Tom Brady's better. Uh, Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady? I could maybe argue. Uh, not maybe. He, he, he's, argue he's, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes is better. Right. Yeah. Better and more talented. Yeah. That's an easy uh-huh. one. Uh, I'm trying to think around the league. Uh, let's say Andrew Luck was still playing. Mm-hmm. I, I would up. not consider him. I would still pick Tom Brady over Andrew Luck. As crazy as If I have a Super Bowl roster, I can't put Tom Brady on an average roster, although that's been the Patriots for a while. But look, the Patriots, those rosters are boring, yes, but they never got the superstar names, but they got really, really good names. Uh, the the Patri- I hate when people say, oh, I wish we could figure out what the Patriot way is. You want to know what the Patriot way is? Tom Brady never took a max contract. Never. That's the Patriot way. That, that's why, the, I mean, the, the Patriot way is what the Browns are using right now. They're trying to take advantage of being able to win in the first four years of Baker's contract. That's why you have OBJ. That's why you were able to go out, go out and get Hooper. That's why you have Jarvis. That's why you have Kareem Hunt and Chubb, and Chubb's a rookie deal, too. But that's the Patriot way, winning with... With your quarter, when you have your quarterback who is not, that's why the Bengals are frustrating. Andy Dalton never had a max contract, but to be fair, they had a talented roster, but they stopped adding to that talent the last five years, which was always my biggest criticism of them. All right, I'm not even paying attention to the time. We got to step away. We'll put a bow on the show on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. Attention! If your current company isn't keeping you getting ready for Drive One Car and Truck Spring Sale. That sounds great, but why are you revving your car up like that? Well, they say if you ain't first, you're last. And I want to get those deals before they're gone. Drive One has two locations in Springfield. One lot with pickup trucks and large SUVs, and the other with cars and crossovers. Check them out on Facebook and see all the great things people say. They service and back their cars with a limited powertrain warranty for six months. They do things the right way. And online at Drive One Car and truck.com All right, welcome back. So the Browns made a move, another one? Yes, they signed cornerback Kevin Johnson. Where where's he from? Um he played with the Texans and the Bills. What the hell is wrong? Like, the Bengals and Browns are like shopping from the same <laughs> store. Like, it's the Vikings and the Texans. Yep. I don't know. I feel like the Browns, they're just, they're, they're just going for veterans. They're just going for vet players. Like, they're not going for, I mean, I don't know what's available out there, but, you know. How's that Denzel Ward uh, pick working out for you? And it looked nice at the beginning. It's not working so much now. No. This is why it was a stupid move. The Browns should have never used, like, I'm never a fan of a team using a top pick for a cornerback. But then again, you what could about count. Okuda this you know, year, though? No. No? Okuda, I mean, Ward and Nakuda were, I mean, very similar. Okuda probably better. I would yeah, take Okuda's better, Okuda's yeah. better. Yeah. But I still, Ward was the best defensive back in that draft. I wouldn't have taken him for it. I would not have taken nah, him for it. I wouldn't even take Okuda for it. Okuda deserves to be the first cornerback taken off yeah. the board. Okay. But not there. I mean, the Lions moved their guy to the Eagles today. They're, they're number one corner. They did. That they might be looking at him, take, though. Which is yeah. stupid, because you have a chance to get Tua. The Lions need Tua. Unless the Lions get a Cam Newton. That's another one. I'm tell- I mean, like, 
Stafford, I'm not sold on. And by the way, if the no, and, no. and by the way, if the Panthers can release Cam Newton, then I guarantee you the Lions can easily release Stafford. So. Not easily, but, I mean, they could. They should. <laughs> I mean, if the Panthers are releasing Cam Newton, to me, that's more unheard. I mean, you just released an MVP. Like, do you realize, like, that's what just, like, an MVP? And the guy who got you to the Super Bowl. It <sighs> was weird, man. Sports and Gurley was just in the Super Bowl. Yeah. The year before last. Yeah. So, like, you could turn things around quick, but you could also fall on your face quick. Brandon, thanks, man. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. All right, folks, we'll wrap up the week tomorrow. ESPN's Jason Fitz will join us from ESPN.